0: um so yeah we're, we're without a rotating third this evening first time for everything yeah there, it is and you know what, what better time i guess than christmas um you know end of the year end of the millennium and really in the years and it all came together really didn't it i think so i think it's i think it's very well uh very well planned and i mean look usually uh i start off uh every episode with like a little snippet but i you know uh we we don't really have the um I suppose the, the the capacity we could have recorded the, uh, the 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 chat about the celebrations. However, what I would like to do is first of all announce that we are now sitting at one thousand four hundred downloads, which I think is quite incredible. awesome. Yeah, yeah, which is which is very good. Um, but what? But as it's Christmas, um, and you know, this consider is the version of pulling the Christmas cracker. Um, I guess I, I sent some screenshots of it on to you, but I'll take our lovely listeners through. Hour as in the podcast, Spotify wrapped because there you go, Christmas. We oh, to yeah, unwrap a little present. Um, yeah. so let's see what it says. So, uh, reading in the years, welcome to your 2021 wrapped blah blah blah. So, uh, the, the animations they just take a decade. Uh, <laughs> first things first, you had a lot of firsts this year, of course. We did this is the year, we started. Yeah, this it's your first time you put on an episode, 1962. It was indeed we had Alex J. Byrne on that one. Uh, I can't. There yeah,
1: excellent. With with Charlie Roberts, we peaked right as soon as Charlie Roberts yeah. came on the screen. We kind of peaked.
0: We have because he didn't come back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was mostly our first recurring character, and he just never made an appearance again. And there's no articles out there to tell us what happened to him. So, you know, we just consider him lost to time. I think so. Uh, your show made some new friends in new places. You got your first streams in six new countries. Uh, the places that loved you the most: Ireland, obviously, the UK, uh, Australia, the US. And Germany, which Germany is a bit of a dark horse there. I didn't expect, didn't expect uh, that one. Yeah. Uh, twenty fans listen to more than any other podcast, so we are the favorite podcast for twenty people. That's incredible. That's amazing because
1: we're, at last count, me and you are only two people. That's true. That well, means there's eighteen, at least eighteen people. If uh, if 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 it's our favorite podcast, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm gonna be honest.
0: Yeah, so do I. Um, I, and I didn't
1: do Spotify Wrapped. Uh, to be honest So I don't know whether uh, Whether it's a, it's my top one I'd assume it is Because I do listen to them But uh, mm. yeah At least 18 other people Who aren't us
0: Yeah But they're 18 silent people Because they never just pop out Of the woodwork on Twitter They just listen And then they fade into the background And then listen again <laughs> So make yourselves known The 18 Yeah um, Please do we're not sure what they play in outer space, but here's how your fans around the globe listen to you. Uh, 35% of your fans listen to you between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m., making it the most popular time. That's an unusual time, you know, because unless they listen to it when it comes out on Saturdays or so. Well, in that case, between 11 and 5, that'll have to be Sunday. Otherwise, there's people who, aren't, who don't have jobs. You know, yeah. what are you doing between 11 and 5 only working?
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's It's all very interesting, isn't it? Maybe, maybe that's the other country's thing. Maybe it's oh, yeah, there
0: who you knows. We, we are who big, we, we are big in uh, Liechtenstein. Um, let's see what else they got here. Uh, you released 2,510 minutes of content across 31 episodes, then this would make it 32. Uh, and thank you for sharing 2021 with us. Well, there you go. Some interesting, uh statistics so thank you very much to the folks out there who made this quite the rousing success it is um so uh, as 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 mentioned we, we we don't have um we don't have a rotating third this evening unfortunately blaine hosey couldn't be with us so casual as always we're just going to strut straight into it what what um what i said grab a can what you drinking
1: uh i am drinking uh hazy ipa by Scar brewing
0: Hazy IPA.
1: It's yeah, it's hazy IPA. It's um, it's quite nice, quite easy to drink. Uh, I I have a a local pub uh, with a small off license in it just down the road here, and I get a few kind of craft beer cans from time to time to have in the house. In ah. cases like this, you know, emergency, most of them get drunk while we're <laughs> uh, while we're recording these podcasts, to be honest, because <laughs> uh, like like you, I, I have young children, and you don't. Or, well, I have a, one young child, and it's very hard to uh, you can't just casually drink cans. Mm. Uh, all the time, so uh, so yeah. I had this had this uh, on tap, six point five percent
0: hazy IPA. That actually sounds quite nice. I'm, um, I've am i turned into a bit of a wine fan uh, lately. You've um, become a
1: wine buff, Karen.
0: I have. Now, do you know what, right? I've, I was only having this conversation with somebody the other day. Like, you can't do anything these days without being uh, accused of being an expert in the field. Like, I was talking to somebody in work and I was like, you know, yeah, I'm kind of getting into wine lately. And I just, now that's the limit of it. I like to have a glass or two, you know, and I like to drink it. because And it now is kind of my at-home preferred beverage. I'm not a connoisseur. Um, and I was accused of being one. And I don't know how to take that because I don't really have the time or the effort to put into being a connoisseur of anything. <laughs> um, but what I'm drinking tonight is a, it's called Venus Sol. Uh, my wife got it as a, and would you believe it? It was founded in 1962.
1: Ah, there you go. I'm very familiar with Venus Sol.
0: And I'm very familiar with 1962.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Venus Sol is my mother's favourite uh, wine to drink when she's in Spain. Uh, okay. She, her and my dad go to Spain every year. Well, obviously they haven't. They were there uh, this year. They weren't there last year. Uh, but uh, Venusol is there. Is there, you know, sundowner uh, drink oh, on okay. the uh, at the at the beach? Uh, a glass of Venusol. So she has bottles of it, not bottles of it in <laughs> but like she would buy a bottle of occasion. Uh, so yeah, very nice, very nice. Not again, like you, not an expert um, yeah. way, anyway, But I do like a glass of wine. Uh, so yeah, I know that one.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like I'm not uh, like I go into to Tesco and you know the, the the wine shelf is looking at me and there's there's a lot to choose from. So. I wouldn't be able to tell uh, one from the other, I'll be honest. But, you know, as it, as it's Christmas, people tend to donate bottles for presents and secret Santas and what have you. Uh, yeah. My boss bought me a bottle uh, yesterday. I can't even remember the name of it, but it went down quite well. And um, my wife came home from her 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 workplace. Uh, she's a hairdresser, so she got lots and lots of good stuff. Um, yeah. So I took in in a sort of a role of re- stereotyping role reversal. I took the bottle of wine. She took six bottles of Guinness. Um, nice. So. Yeah, I mean I'm not a I'm, I like my Guinness. I don't not a particularly fan of it out of the bottle. Um but no, I'll, I'll, I'll be with you on that. Yeah, see, but I'll I'll take the I'll take the Venus on. Um so yeah, look, I had an introduction written out for you, but you know what? Uh fuck it. We're just gonna dive straight into it. Um Why not? Why not? Why not? It's party like it's nineteen ninety nine. Yes, party on. Garth um, So we're opening up 1999 with the news That Ireland is being One of the cool kids And joining the euro uh, That's right It's out with the pound And in with the new Shiny currency As we see one Anti-euro campaigner Anthony Coughlin says It goes against All economic logic uh, And it will only last At most 10 years I wonder is he still waiting uh, And we also see Barty turning us on With his big button uh, <laughs> As he He holds.
1: fingered that novelty Calculator <laughs> he <did>. good
0: <laughs> He gave that a good Rub down to be fair yeah. And he holds a massive euro coin while the other bloke gets the one cent. The that poor is...
1: other bloke. That's so like Charlie High style. Like that's mine so is so bigger serious... than yours.
0: That's yours. So... But it's so serious foreshadowing. And it? Bertie gets the euro, while the rest of us get a cent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Very true. And actually, that's true. So your man, Anthony Coughlin, right? Like, I wonder, did anyone ever apologize to him? Because I know the euro still exists, right? But nine years after this, it nearly didn't. And Ireland was a big cause of that. Uh, you know, the crash uh, in yeah. the late noughties, you know, the Euro, there was worries that the Euro would collapse uh, and, you know, we were driving that, we were driving that train in the late uh, the yeah. late 2000s I don't like that phrase, noughties, the late 2000s uh, yeah. but um, but yeah, Anthony, I'd say you're still waiting for the Euro to, to crash, all right
0: He's probably still waiting for a fucking apology. He's like, you know, probably a well-respected economist, and he's like, "I told you, I told you, it stinks, it stinks." Yeah,
1: I, l- I looked him up, and he's a he's a he's a lecturer, and oh. uh, well, he may be retired now, but he's he he was a lecturer in UCD, I think, School of Economics. But he um he uh he was a Republican in his youth, oh. uh, and uh, and somewhere along the way became anti-european like around the time that Ireland entered in the was it 73 i think we saw him enter um so yeah he became he was he so he's like you know one of the foremost anti-european anti-eu i guess and uh, anti-ireland being in the eu guys so if there is an irexit campaign he's probably going to be in it uh, yeah,
0: pro- pro- probably um, I mean, there is, you know, it's a small Little teeny tiny dying thing That's never going to take off um, But it's there, you know, so yeah, he could certainly Head it up, he'd certainly do a better job than, I don't know If you saw the video of that guy during the week, the, the preacher On the Ryanair flight <laughs> I did see him, wow. I did see him, yeah Wow,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. He'd, he'd certainly do a better job Convincing me now than that guy did
1: I saw something that said, that guy has definitely put Worse things in his body than a vaccine
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, yeah, yeah
1: Possibly
0: Quite quite possibly um, And uh, also 500,000 people buy shares in telecom Aaron uh, You're the money guy, why is this newsworthy?
1: Okay, so this, I'll tell you why this is newsworthy There was actually a documentary mm. about this on RT Last month um, huh. This was a massive, we'll see more of it uh, In our next steps in 2000 There's a, the fallout from it, but basically what happened was um, So telecom Aaron Had been the, the state Run Phone hmm. service, right, from the mid early '80s till '99, and it got privatized in '99, which means your people were able to buy shares in it. Yeah. Um, and they had this huge advertising campaign, which you have just seen, and it attracted over five hundred thousand people uh, into buying shares with their, so essentially putting their savings into shares, like investing. You know, this was a time of uh, people's people's economic situation was improving, and people had more disposable income. and um, some people put their life savings into it, and. Uh, it turned out disastrously. I don't want to spoil the thousands episode, but it turned out disastrously. So basically, uh, it 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 the stock got floated. So basically, the way it works with something like this is you have a particular day. So it'd be Monday, the 1st of March, let's say. It gets floated. It's get, they set a price, and then the price moves up and down on the stock market like any other stock. Um, and what happened was it briefly climbed. And then after all the hype, because there was so much hype around it with this advertising campaign, after all that hype kind of went away, it rapidly declined and most people who invested didn't have any knowledge of the stock market. Like I, I work in a stockbroker, so I'm fairly knowledgeable about the stock market. But like some people don't obviously have the first school about it, which is most people, because you don't get taught these things. You get yeah. taught, you know, sign cost and tan uh, in, in maths <laughs> and you get taught, you know, and like, you know, in business, you don't get taught about stuff that you might actually need to know. Yeah. Um. But, um, but yeah, so uh, obviously a lot of people are quite angry. Yeah, and we'll see next. There's actually a clip in next in the 2000s episode, 2000, the year 2000 episode of a shareholder meeting, which goes a bit awry. So we won't say any more than that. But uh, mm-hmm. but basically, uh, it the, it plunged significantly, and the government were blamed for not warning people that the, there was all this, you know, these fancy ads and people and they like so much money put into like advertising these shares and getting as many people to buy shares as possible, and there was never really anybody saying. Hold on, you really shouldn't buy until you know what you're buying and, and how it works and that you can lose all your money on shares. Um, it was kind of hyped up as this, like, can't lose, you know, uh, price will only go one way kind of thing,
0: so, um, yeah.
1: which is not true. And uh, you've got to be able to hold your nerve in stocks and leave money in there for a long time. Um Mm. Uh, so it's a very good example of a stock market bubble for anyone who's interested in economics, which is very few of our listenership, but maybe the people who listen. In
0: yeah, well, I mean, look with the, the rise of, uh, I guess, uh, like crypto and Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff, which still I, I know nothing about. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it is it is quite, I did actually see the ad, I think, for that documentary. And I just remember one particular scene of one guy shouting at somebody that he ruined his life. Um, yeah, that's the- it, next week's episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> next,
1: I was going to say next week, we're not recording next week, no. but the next
0: episode. Episode. The next episode And uh, yeah, so I was like uh, I was like, oh, that's one of those things That I was like, I should really watch that And I just forgot to record it And then I didn't But I must actually go back and, and watch that But it's it's worth watching yeah.
1: And that actually explains quite well how the financial side of it works Mm. for anyone who's not not sure about it
0: yeah the um although your your uh your your um talk that did actually kind of remind me of how uh, angry i still am about the fact that i still never had to use either sign cost tan or in um relation to business studies never have still to this day never used a trading profit and loss account Um, (laughs) so just the first thing you learn i remember that yeah I was really good at them too. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. Now, funny enough, the one thing that I did actually learn in business studies class, and at the time, thought, there's no way I'm ever using this was how to write a check. And to this day, I still write checks, not my personal checks, but I have to fill them out for some old people. Um, yeah, sure.
1: No, that's a skill. And I know it's dying out, but that was when we were in school, that was a good skill to get because yeah, like you say, you use it in, in your, your day to day. Yeah,
0: exactly. No, I mean like nobody's coming in and buying, you know, a pack of fags out of a check. Like that's just stingy. But uh, you know, a lot of people with, with farms, especially they still, they still use the L checkbook. So mm. it's, it's still a handy skill to know. Um, and also uh, Ronan Keating up next in a fabulous red suit as he is pretty much all over everything um, as the MTV <laughs> EMAs are held in the Point Depot. Uh, I've never been to the Point Depot, but it seemed to be kind of the happening spot for all things in the 90s. Yeah, so it well, was. I,
1: I went to a Boyzone concert in <laughs> the Point Depot in about ninety. I, don't know, I, was probably, I was very small, so maybe 96, 97. And they were the at world? their height. Uh, no, I mean, look, I was a child. Uh, you know, I'm sure I enjoyed it. Uh, there's a T-shirt, and uh, I, uh, I, I don't know who brought. Must be my mum. I doubt my dad would have sat through a boys' own concert. I don't know. They were pretty big, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, know. And the point is now the now the the sponsored arena. I won't give the sponsor a plug here. Everyone knows what it's called, but uh, yeah. but it's still to go to. Like that's where the big indoor gigs are held, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, back then it was. It was the place in Dublin probably the only place in Dublin where you had, you didn't really, I, I don't feel like you had a huge amount of stadium gigs there where you, where you have now, I'm not sure there was as many, um, obviously there's a lot of stadium gigs in Dublin now, uh, mm. the summers and stuff, but uh, but yeah, the point uh, was uh, a real landmark, even though it's kind of down the back arse of Dublin, if you like, oh, right yeah. by the port. but uh, it's kind of hard mm. to get to. Uh, but yeah. um but it's yeah a- and i i enjoy this because this this clip said the stars come out and then they showed you two, yeah legitimate <laughs> stars ronan keating okay was a star then and then jerry halliwell and, <laughs> and that was it they didn't show anyone else so, so Irish two irish acts and jerry halliwell who's yeah. like a red-headed english person so essentially irish yeah and then that was it.
0: yeah and and you know what the emas for me uh because i was big into like uh I, I don't know i won't say big into like mtv culture but like big into, uh, you know, that sort of thing back when I was growing up. And I remember like the 2003 EMAs with P. Diddy as the host was just great. But I remember the EMAs specifically being the one where half of the, the people who won awards accepted it by a video link because they just couldn't be bothered because it was, <laughs> it was like, it was the half arced VMAs, you know, which was the big one. Um, yeah. And I think that the EMAs is the one with the little, oh, it's not the Moon Man, that's the VMAs. I think it's like, a big ball On a spring Or some shite
1: Oh uh, yeah I think you're right yeah. yeah
0: Or the big M on a ball That's it It's a ball And it has got a spring And there's an M on it That goes back and forth Yeah mm. Um. And I Yeah Because I remember Like a very famous uh, Video as well From the EMAs Around Around I want to say 2003 2004 Whatever year The Lincoln Park With Jay-Z album Came out And uh, they won the award For I think like Best album or something And Mike Shinoda From uh, uh EMA From Lincoln Park Comes up to accept the award He goes up to the stage And he goes Thank you And just walks <laughs> off And the place like, eh?
1: That's the best way to do it I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not all for the big speeches I know you want to thank people But I mean like Yeah That's Just get up Say thanks and leave Yeah
0: We, we can't all be Adele Letting her um, You know inner her thug come out And giving the finger And everything When they cut Yeah, off.
1: Like if it's <laughs> me at these awards I'm like I want to go out In the tear in Dublin Right mm. I'm, I'm over for a night Dublin's a good party spot Back then Probably wasn't As expensive as it is now To go out no. Um, And I'm sure most of them Were like you know heading to Lily's Or Crystal or one of these uh, Whatever the fancy club Of the ni- late 90s was um, Wherever Eamon Dunphy went I guess yeah. But uh, <laughs> You know, Probably just like Cut down the Thank you speeches And let's just get out of here Kind of thing
0: That would have been great now If um, like the middle of the EMAs You know the Spice Girls Are accepting their award Eamon Dunphy gets on stage He goes no no Baywet's had a, <laughs> The greatest album of all time <laughs> That's the only way It could have made it better
1: I'm so surprised That didn't happen Yeah
0: to be Yeah Given his condition At the time me either Yeah um and also there's an eclipse as one man is glad he took the day off to see nothingness um I, people are looking up but isn't it like you're not supposed to look at an eclipse
1: yeah so i remember this i was saying to, to my partner about chatting about, about this episode yesterday and i remember because i was in primary school at the time uh in 99 uh and uh, i remember they made we, we made these like homemade like periscope things that deflected the light so like it was some kind of contraption where the light bounced off a couple of pieces of shiny cardboard so you saw you could see but what well, you weren't looking directly at it kind of thing um because yeah the big thing i remember there was a big thing at the time being like don't look at it and as kids it's like you're not allowed to look directly up and then the day came and it was fucking cloudy <laughs> i vividly remember this and actually it said august so i wasn't in school but I, vividly, I really have a vivid memory of like being like oh there's an eclipse it's gonna go dark in the middle of the day and everyone was very excited and then it just was cloudy
0: it's We live in Ireland like, It's always dark In the middle of the day Yeah
1: Like this guy That's talking That said he was delighted He took the day off work He's sitting in the Phoenix Park That's the paper cross behind him And like he He he, It's just cloudy Like there's no <laughs> There's nothing to see Maybe that was before And he thought Like it was going to be More dramatic than it was But like there's nothing to see here He got yeah, the day yeah. off Off work He's, like, wa- you know, he's
0: wasted a day Of annual leave That's what he's done
1: yeah, and he I, I liked how much he looked like half man, half walrus. It was the tash, just kind of, not nothing on his size, but just the tash was just.
0: Yeah, just, there's, there's always those guys in there who, when they grow a mustache, it just comes down over their lip, and all you can see is Wally the walrus. Yeah, like, just that I mean? droopy lip mustache. It's just,
1: <laughs> and he kind of had the hair coming down the back of his head. Yeah, he just had that look about him.
0: Oh, I am the but worst fair play to him For so taking the off work for it Yeah, I hope his boss Didn't see that um, And uh, speaking of mustaches Over on Fair City Harry and his dodgy mustache Are the centre of sex appeal Obviously trying to do uh, to, try to outdo Glenroe and Bill Clinton What is it with affairs In the late 90s They were just everywhere <laughs>
1: It's obvious. It's it is obvious that the soap writers in Ireland were just looking at the what was going on with Bill Clinton. Like we make we can make a story out of this. 100%. Who's our who's our who's our most charismatic and sexy character? And in Glenroe it was Miley, and in Fair City it was Harry, another walrus, half man, half walrus, <laughs> the tash and the slick back hair. But I remember Harry so vividly. Why? So and uh, and I actually remember this. I, like this, we're getting to that stage. We spoke about it a few yeah. weeks ago. we're like. I was nine in 1999 I turned 10 in October of that year so I like I really I can remember this year and I remember a lot of the events but through the eyes of a child so like my parents would watch when well, my mum would watch Fair City um at the time I remember she used to watch the Omnibus on a sat on a Sunday when we were doing uh, it was on kind of late afternoon and she'd maybe be doing the ironing or doing whatever uh and uh I remember that being on and <laughs> I actually remember I'm not sure I remember this scene but I remember Harry Malloy what a man yeah. Man.
0: I'm I'm trying to look him up on his uh, Wikipedia there and I can't actually find uh, one on the um yeah god damn it he's not showing but basically uh, I I might have this wrong and somebody out there or actually our, our previous um uh our previous guest from way back, Steve Stubbs, he was a former writer for Fair City. Oh, that's right. Um yeah. and he uh, yeah, so he'd probably correct me on this, but I am 90% sure that Harry met, a dem- met his demise. Uh, and I think he was killed off screen and was buried in the Wicklow Mountains.
1: I think you're right because I did. I did again. I tr- I was trying to Google about right, this scene just purely to find out the woman's name, mm. uh, the 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 actual character's name, and it's Shelley. I found that. Um, oh, okay, Ellie Shelley and mm-hmm. Harry had an affair. So it was when Harry met Shelley. Was the name of an article I came across <laughs> <laughs> about the whole thing. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but. Uh, the um, yeah, I saw something about you know uh, Harry Malloy, uh, you know, on Fair City from nineteen whatever, nineteen ninety whatever to two thousand and five, and it was presumed dead. So I was like, oh god, what happened to him? But I couldn't yeah. see anything. But yeah, there you go. So he must have uh, he must have passed. But yeah, I, I enjoyed yeah because like obviously we saw Miley last week. Having a tumble in the hay barn With Fidelma um, And uh, you know Rather than Rather than the hay barn Like like those old Glenrow cultures Harry and Shelley Did uh, did the nasty On the, the urban equivalent At the time Which was A naff 90s couch Yes uh, We all know that couch And we oh, all know that yes. set It was definitely part of a set And that's where they were Starting to do the bell thing again, like first City was such a tease—you never really saw anything, you know. No,
0: you didn't, and you know what? You're right in saying in the half '90s couch. We know for a fact, without looking at that couch in great detail, there was definitely a fag burn, definitely a stain concealed, and definitely wood panel on it somewhere.
1: 100. And some of those couches had ashtrays in the like. Oh. Stitched into the arm of it. So like a little like God. metal circle like dipped into this the arm of it. <laughs> that's how oh. that's how 80s and 90s they were.
0: You know what? That's uh funny you say that we went to a we have a thing uh in Waterford just behind our McDonald's and it, it's a charity shop, but it's a massive charity warehouse. So you buy your whatever and the money goes to charity. But upstairs they still have right this huge, huge, huge bed. And in the bed is a um it's 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 like from the 60s or the 70s. In the bed is an FM radio, like in the (laughs) head with the old fashioned knobs and dials. And it just looks like something you'd see in a 1950s catalog for like, this is the future. So like, I just love those random bits of that, random bits of furniture that just, they're lost to time. Yeah, Um, that's true. And uh, Philip Sheedy's released from prison. Judge Hugh O'Flaherty is asked if he would consider resigning over his handling of the case, to which he says no, to which he then resigns um, himself and another judge. Uh, essentially, Philip Sheedy drove a high performance sports car while drunk, crashed and killed a lady named Anne Ryan. He was sentenced and imprisoned in Mount Joy, then moved to an open prison. Some basically dodgy dealings in the background, including Bertie Ahern. saw a judge uh, saw Judge O'Flaherty review the case and remit the remainder of the sentence with no notice to the DPP or the guardee. Uh, um, there's like a bit of long and short there, but basically, like, I think the judge was out for a walk and he met the, 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 I uh, met like a family friend or something whose
1: girlfriend. Yeah, it was his, so- it was a neighbor's, yeah, friend of his son and the son was going out with Philip Sheedy's sister. Yeah. So the two, the sister and the yeah a fella c- that he
0: knew coincidentally on a walk you know yeah. um and yeah so he ends up uh ends up getting i don't actually know what happened what became of philip Cheedy did his conviction he did say that he would um he would return to prison and finish out his sentence but i don't know if he ever did
1: yeah he voluntarily he did voluntarily return um and that was as much as i got on him yeah um and like his sentence initially was four years so he'd obviously be out a long time i don't know what became he looked like a fairly young man uh but yeah. Uh, but yeah obviously well connected and, and yeah and look this is this is we see a lot of it in this episode of establishment Ireland um oh, yeah. you know and like Philip Sheedy lived and it obviously lived in the same world as these judges and um, oh yeah same you know, circle. He, yeah same circles exactly and the same thing with like with Judge of Flaherty, uh Justice of Laherty meeting you know the son of a friend of his whose neighbor who was going out with Philip Sheedy's sister like it's all it's all connected and I know that 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 part of the world that a lot of those people live in and like it is that way everyone knows everyone and it's ireland so like everyone knows everyone and and everyone's well connected and uh and yeah i don't think sheedy himself personally was looking for anyone to do any do him any favors but it's just the way these things work
2: Mm,
1: somebody wanted you know some his family wanted to you know see what they could do the judge of flowery reviewed it essentially broke the law or certainly he obviously didn't break the law because he didn't get arrested for it but the law i guess by he didn't do it properly but because they're high court judges they kind of have this it's not unlimited power but they're they're pretty high up like they're they they don't answer to a lot of people um and yeah cyril kelly is the other judge who who helped to review the case and he uh he resigns and i really enjoyed him because his statement because he was like uh so i like i enjoyed O'Flaherty first being like I've done nothing wrong. I'm not going to resign <laughs> while his cheap, cheeks kind of wobbled in the breeze, uh, you know, and that kind of like, <laughs> like, like, a like a man. walrus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of walrus men in this. Um, and then Cyril Kelly, when he, when he did resign was like, you know, my future does indeed look bleak. And I was interested in that. So I went and said, what has happened to Cyril Kelly in the last 21 years, uh, 22 years? And, um, has he how was his future bleak uh, and indeed it was not uh, cyril oh. kelly runs cyril c kelly and company legal advisors uh, who cater to large manufacturing companies in belgium ireland and the uk okay. he's also been a board member of the national children's hospital not recently so i won't put any blame for what's going on with oh, the yes, national yes. children's hospital on his door but he was a board member of that for a good while and honorary secretary of the organ- of that organization as well so he's on a lot of boards he's coined in a lot of money not so
0: bleak now cyril no, he, he certainly did not predict his future in, in that instance. Um, and on the late late show, Terry Keane is Gay's guest, and she tells us all about her affair with Charlie Hawhey, where she says he was and is attractive, really, like really. Nineteen seventies, we were watching this guy, and he had fucking liver spots, really.
1: <laughs> he um, yeah, they had a 27-year um, it was twenty-seven year affair.
0: Seven years, a long Jesus. Time.
1: That was a long time to have an affair with someone, and it was kind of like an open secret like with all the everything i read about it last night I suggested that uh it's charlie high's wife maureen i think uh, and yeah. that, that mrs high knew about it and just kind of tolerated it uh terry Kane's marriage broke up I- indirectly as a result of the affair um yeah she i mean she just she really loved him i don't understand i think and i don't I, you have to be careful with what you're saying here but i i feel like it was the power that mm. was attractive Like I feel like
0: The danger of it Yeah
1: yeah. You know, he was a charismatic guy Hockey, Don't get me wrong But like You know Visually I know it was Ireland in the 70s But Yeah I'm I mean, not personally attracted to him <laughs> No I. Know, I whatever that means
0: you No know, Especially not after Every time I think of Thanks to our episode of Paul Walsh Every time I think of uh, Charlie Hawley I imagine him Covered in milk In the doll You know With the farmers <laughs> outside nudie <laughs> Charlie Hawley <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, I, I get a great laugh off the fact that, you know, when uh, the whole thing about Bishop Casey came out, you know, Charlie Hockey was definitely like, well, that certainly takes uh, some of the spotlight off me for a moment. And then there's Charlie after being ousted, you know, hidden in the shadows, and then his mistress goes on the late, late show. And he, he's like, what is going on here? Like, My whole life is falling apart.
1: Yeah, and I was reading about it. So um, she gave him a glowing tribute, but, but he had actually ended the relationship because... She went public, so I think initially she oh. wrote a book, and that this was like her coming her out to wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, she he had ended it with her, so she wrote the book or was writing the book or something. I'm not he, sure, but um,
0: you playing it. You play a dangerous game when you have affairs. Let that be a lesson to you all. I mean, nobody nobody's going to writing books about Harry Malloy, mind you, but uh, no, wherever he may be, maybe we
1: should. Maybe Steve Stubbs would.
0: Mate, there now there's your next project. Like, uh, you know, when they have like, like particularly with like things like Star Wars and Game of Thrones, they've got their own fan fiction. You should totally write. If Steve, if you're listening, go off and write. Uh, go off and write Fair City fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> like Charlie, or, or what you call it, uh, Harry Malai lost in the wilderness of the Wicklow Mountains, trying to survive. I don't know. Stuff writes itself. Um, and uh, another frustrating year for the national soccer team as the away goal rule sees Turkey qualify over Ireland for the European Championship. So. How long has Mick McCarthy been in power now? But two, three years, and he's not three really, years, yeah. yeah, not doing not doing a whole hell of a lot to help our efforts.
1: Yeah, two two campaigns that were uh, lost on playoffs, um,
0: yeah. and
1: uh, yeah, there would be um, this was our third playoff in a row because we lost the the, the one off uh, playoff against Holland at the end of Jack Tarleton's reign. Yeah, so this was the most disappointing because um, the Ireland were drawn a really tough group. Um, they had they had uh, Yugoslavia. Who, alright, there was a war going on in Yugoslavia But they were pretty good, they'd been yeah. at the, the previous World Cup I think, um, in 98, and Croatia Who'd finished third at the 98 World yeah. Cup, so it was a really Difficult group, um, but Arden were actually Leading it, uh, coming into the last game uh, They went away to Macedonia And they were 1-0 up, and looking good If they kept that 1-0, they were going to qualify Top of the group, no need for a playoff And they conceded a goal in the last kick of the game uh, A header from a corner, when Macedonia had barely threatened all night Um and that dropped them into the playoffs, uh, where they met Turkey, and uh, they went out on the away goal rule. And you'll note the uh, the mass brawl at the end of the, uh, the end of the away game.
0: Yeah, big that spread. was a,
1: a very contentious game. So basically, there was a row between the Turkish whoever the Turkish equivalent of RTE are uh, wouldn't. There was a row over the TV rights. So in the end, they didn't sell. Like RTE couldn't show the game. The oh. game was only on available on. English radio I think it might have been I remember listening to it On a radio channel Jesus um, You actually couldn't Watch it live I think they might have Had highlights But I don't I'm pretty sure You couldn't watch it live At the time And uh, yeah There was a bit of a brawl At the end Tony Cascarino got involved And Turkey's notoriously uh. Challenging place for any team to go to, uh, club teams. Oh, particularly Uh, with Galatasaray and the whole lot. Yeah, yeah. As a Leeds fan, I wouldn't be a big fan of Galatasaray uh, after two Leeds fans were killed there actually in this year. Uh, No, sorry, it was two thousand actually two thousand. But uh, but yeah, it's a tough place. It's a tough place to go. They're very intimidating, and I don't think any Irish fans really were there. Very few, so it was uh, Mm -hmm. difficult. But they lost the or they conceded the the goal. I think we see a clip of it here uh, to a penalty in at the home game. So that away goal uh, and it was a really bad penalty it was like I think it was Lee Carsey, the midfielder who slid in and just kind of the ball was uh, as he was lying down the ball was near him and he just like batted it away with his arm uh, it was really oh, stupid thinking the referee God. wouldn't see it uh, obviously nowadays it would have been picked up by VAR but as it was the referee saw it and uh, that was the goal and yeah that was again fine margins uh, or else Mick McCarthy might be, might, might have got a, an earlier tournament that uh, yeah, that would have been a, a, an interesting um Mm-hmm. Euros to be at Euro 2000
0: Yeah God Lee Carsley That's a name I haven't heard of In so long I was looking at some of these guys And I was like Jesus Christ That's like Like it's okay We're, We didn't exactly do too well With with that set of That that team That starting eleven. But Jesus A lot of iconic guys on there Like a yeah, lot of guys
1: It was a real mixture Because um, I guess when Mick Carter took over in '96, he had to kind of flush out a lot of the Charlton era players who were all kind of old. That was one of the big failings of Jack Charlton was he didn't really replace players; he just left them run through to their mid-thirties. Those guys had always been with them, um, so Mick McCarthy kind of had to do that. So, like in his first game, I think he capped. He capped. I think Shay Given was his, got his first cap in that game. Ian Hart, um, maybe Kenny Cunningham. So, like all these guys, that would go on and play for years. They all Mick brought them all in, um, yeah. and then in this campaign, you had the emergence of Robbie Keane. Um, Damien Duff and Richard Dunn who would again go on to be so you had a real mix of like these really talented young players that had come through from Brian Kerr's teams that we saw last week uh, and uh, and then some older players and then that, as you said, the Lee Carsies of this world who were kind of like good solid players um, but realistically we had Roy Keane and Dennis Irwin who were in their absolute pomp at this point um, and probably should, mm. we probably should, uh, with a lot of good players around them, certainly better than we have now uh, you know, they probably should have got to a few more
0: tournaments than just the one they got to Exactly, um, and Bill Clinton warns Slobodan Milosevic that if he won't play nice, then they will play hard. Uh, of course, this is all over the aggression of the Serbian forces in Kosovo, which sees thousands of people flee the war-torn country while Yugoslavia is bombed by NATO. The NATO Secretary General calls an end to the war as Milosevic agrees NATO's terms. Um, these like like I said before, these are the, the things you're gonna remember from watching growing up, like war in Serbia and you know, uh, Yugoslavia and the whole lot that still sticks out in my mind, like when I think of like conflict. Like that, that was the first big ones that we were exposed to. I really do remember seeing like refugees fleeing countries and being like, This isn't exactly a million miles away.
1: No, that was it, and I guess, yeah, it's it it, it was going on for a long time. We saw the early bits of this in '92 episode, I think, you know, and it kind of was like that. That was the civil war, but this is all civil war, really, because Yugoslavia was essentially breaking up. Um, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, but um, and there's a lot of ethnicities in that in Yugoslavia, it was a big place, and you look at the countries that now make up What was Yugoslavia And they're very Ethnically different So This is why you're seeing Albanians being persecuted here But yeah It was uh, definitely One of the first Conflicts that I remember um, Mm. Hearing about And obviously Again You're looking at it Through the Eye of the Eye of your childhood So you don't really remember Yeah I couldn't grasp The seriousness of it But you remember the names Like you remember Slobodan Milosevic As a name You know Mm. And uh, yeah He was quite a tyrant really But uh, interesting You know The West finally got involved And suddenly it was over uh, Pretty
0: quickly (laughs) Exactly. The, the, the power of NATO. Um, and uh, in Ireland, up north, David Trimble says, Mr. Adams, it's over to you as the British-Irish agreement is signed. Bertie says we've lived too long with failures and the future is bright. Um, it's actually gas because I'm, I'm currently re-watching um, as kind of my, I won't say lockdown because I didn't start it during lockdown, but... Uh, that's Kind of my lockdown project. Um, I've decided to re watch the entire uh start to finish attitude era in, in WWF from 1997 to 2002. And uh, I'm currently on 90 late 98. Um, and uh, there was like uh, there's one part where there's a huge scramble uh, with a load of guys beating heads off each other. And Jim Ross goes, Well, this week we got peace in Ireland, I don't think we're going to get peace here. And I was like, oh! <laughs> Trust JR. Yeah, there you go to, to keep up with Ireland current events. <laughs> 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 um, and an absolute banger next as Westlife, Ireland's new boy band with Flying Without Wings, uh, where seemingly the target of their attraction in the video is a 14-year-old girl. Um, I have to say, I went to see Westlife uh about I think it was, it was obviously 2019, one of the best concerts I was ever at. Like I'm not a Westlife fan. I went there so for the sole purpose of being there for my wife. And I gotta say, it was fucking brilliant. They put on a hell of a show.
1: Yeah, they're um they're, uh, look, I I I do like Westlife and I Westlife were I, I had these albums as a kid. Um well this one particularly I remember uh listening to probably not when it came out first, maybe a couple of years later. Well, maybe I don't know probably around then actually. But uh but yeah, I guess. They uh I've never actually been to one of their shows, but they're I always thought of Westlife, they're just so professional. Um, yeah. you, you never hear of any real trouble. I know they uh, one or two of them have financial issues, but you never like they they seem like just down to earth guys and Brian McFadden went off the rails a bit and he but they were very quick to be like, Yeah, you're gone, you're not coming back. Like you yeah. left, that's fine, you're not coming back. Uh but yeah, they seem very professional and uh and like the bangers, and but also the records they broke. I mean, they broke a huge amount of records that the Beatles had set in terms of I think their first Was it six or seven Consecutive singles Went in at number one um, wow. Which was Beat a Beatles record They had I think 14 Number ones a total Which was Closer Maybe beat the Beatles like they, they, I just remember Vividly that in this From now until maybe 2002 They broke like A good few records That have been set by the Beatles 30 years earlier Which is pretty 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 impressive They were definitely a success uh, And they really Boy Boyzone Because you didn't hear much About Boyzone After this no. uh, They started to break up A little bit And uh, uh, Westlife became the 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 new the hot new thing uh, exactly. for Louis Walsh, but yeah, look, they I, I must I, I, I they're doing more gigs um, this summer, so I'll, I'll see if I if I if I uh, if I can go and, oh, yeah. and see a show because I'm sure it's worth seeing.
0: Oh, definitely. When we went to see him, now it was at uh, Wild Youth and uh, James Arthur were supporting them. Uh, I cannot stand James Arthur, but Wild Youth were pretty solid. And also uh, at that Westlife concert was the biggest scrap I've ever seen at any gig ever. No way! Oh, I swear to God, I would just... not expect a scrap at a Westlife it, concert. So somebody got glassed. It was just, it was unbelievable. I was on my way to the bar and I was literally, you know, the, the you know, the way the concerts are in Crow Park and you, like where the bar is. And then you kind of, yeah. you're looking down through the glass and you can kind of see over everything. Like right down in what we call the pit, just absolute chaos like somebody was yeah and somebody ended up getting glass. it was in the news somebody was brought to court it was oh it was a whole thing um Jeez. yeah it was pretty pretty intense uh we also see the death of tunnel man jack lynch uh, former t-shock laid to rest in his native cork uh he was 82 years of age um yeah jack lynch been very prevalent in in our in our looking back of reeling in the years so quite sad to see to say goodbye to jack
1: yeah, absolutely. He was uh he was a linchpin of our seventies episodes, obviously. Um not just and, his name. uh he 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 um yeah <laughs> and he uh it was interesting. I thought that clip of all the former and current Tishig and uh and other prominent ministers of the time uh at the funeral. Yeah, very, very interesting. But yeah, look, I think the the, the general uh idea of Jack Lynch or like uh you know memory of Jack Lynch is that he was a good fella. Um you know he 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 kept things steady, he was a very steady guy, steady influence. He was a compromised candidate initially to take over from uh from Lamas
2: mm. and
1: he uh and he 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 did well and then he was essentially ousted and Ha he grabbed power and uh things went very Ireland in the 80s from
0: there <laughs> that's one way to put a very Ireland in the <laughs> 80s um and uh, speaking of which at the tribunal the accusations uh, at the tribunals rather accusations of money being handed over for planning permission as George Redmond is caught at Dublin airport with over 200 grand in cash I'm no smuggler I'm no politician I'm no expert but if you're going to you know be doing dodgy dealings of money maybe don't have 200 grand in cash on you when you get to the airport this, yeah. is just, this just seems like giving yourself away
1: it 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 was right and this is interesting because obviously look it was much more a cash-centric society back then but uh yeah i guess i, I was reading about george redmond because this was all over my head this tribunal stuff again yeah. you've heard of it but don't know what went on because you didn't care when you were you know a young lad. <laughs> but um george redmond was a a retired dublin corporation worker like he'd been like a some mid-level manager, let's say. Right. Uh he retired in 1989 with a salary of 19,380 pounds. And 10 years later, he's walking out of Dublin Airport with 200 grand in cash. Uh so uh that kind of scuppered him because people were like, Where did you get 200 grand in cash? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, um, well, it was subsequently revealed that he had a series of uh Offshore and Irish accounts with hundreds of thousands Slashed away and all wow. allegedly proceeds Of bribes and corruption wow. um, And uh, Minister Ray Burke Was linked to it in what I read uh, Ray Burke who I, If you recall a couple of weeks ago I was talking about um, Oh yes The, the RT, the the radio contract For Century Radio in yep. 1989 That he allegedly was uh, Taking backhanders because he wanted to destroy RT And all that kind of stuff so again uh, His fingerprints are all over this But yeah George Edmund but there was a funny moment there where in the clip where Redmond is coming out of court And your man Gogarty, James Gogarty Who Was ahead of him And he turn—he obviously gets called, your man obviously calls his name And he turns around Sees that it's your man Redmond coming behind him And he literally, for a man on a stick On a walking stick, I've never <laughs> seen someone Turn as quickly in the opposite direction <laughs> And was like, legs it away Rather than be snapped by all the paparazzi there Talking to him, because uh, I think what had happened At some point, I don't know if it was right that day But at some point, that one of them, I think Redmond had dubbed Gogarty in and been like, "Oh, Gogerty gave me that money, yeah, yeah, that was him." So I don't think he was a big fan. Jesus,
2: no oh, fucking yeah. hell.
1: So uh, there was all sorts going on. The two men are in their seventies at that stage. Like it's kind
0: of it's a bit anyway, sad.
1: Yeah, yeah, corruption, corruption all over. There you
0: go. And uh, speaking of corruption, back on the late, late resident knobhead P. Flynn. Changes the topic of controversy As he tells us We should try only three houses Dublin, Castlebar, Brussels You should try it sometime What a fucking knob <laughs> oh. This is,
1: this is uh, I spoke about the uh, the stock thing That yeah. Telegraph has been a great example of a, of a stock market bubble This is a great example Of someone ending their political career oh, uh, Because fire. they don't know When to fucking shut up uh, <laughs> P, P Flynn uh, Like always came across he hasn't been in a huge amount of these episodes we've seen him crop up once or twice yeah always came across as one of those arrogant <sighs> men and like just like you know i'm a very important man and you're all little people oh. asking me these questions and it doesn't matter how i got my money it doesn't matter this that and the other you know you just need to listen to me and shut up and he like that line of like the try it sometimes it's an immortal line try it sometime <laughs> because he Poisoned up And I think We don't get to see a lot of it here But I think if you go back And watch the full interview You see Gay Byrne who's, who's obviously on his way Out of the late ladies We'll see later Um, It's a masterful He was a master in the art game of giving people Just enough rope To hang themselves Oh yeah So he's just Teasing it out of them. They're obviously pally You know they, they, they know each other Social circles and all that And he's just Giving them little bits Here and there Getting them a bit wound up And then when your man In the audience asks him I guess about the pay or whatever he asked him. He must have. I think he definitely. He was a journalist. That guy. I think. I can't
0: remember his name, but he's pretty prominent nowadays. I think he's yeah. like Owen something. I think. Yeah.
1: And he, I, I think he asked him some kind of question, not necessarily about owning houses, but uh, he, uh and then takes the rope and promptly commits career suicide. And yeah. uh, and uh, let <laughs> try it sometime. And uh, what was interesting actually about this, right? And one of the reasons this actually led to his career being very abruptly halted was uh in this interview we commented on a businessman called tom gilmartin um right. and he was like oh yeah i know tom yeah, yeah so there was some link in the tribunals came up about these two and Flynn was accused of taking money for something and Gil Martin was allegedly the man who gave it to him and he said oh I know him but I don't know him and whatever and, and he mentioned something Tom Martin's wife was sick badly badly ill and uh, he referenced his wife's illness in some in a, in a P Flynn type of way basically I think he insinuated that Tom Martin couldn't be relied upon to give right. evidence because he was emotional about his wife or whatever and the comments so enraged Gil Martin, who was watching in his house in London that he went to the McCracken tribunal and spilled the beans On secret meetings He'd had with Poor Flynn oh. While he was a government minister And payments he'd made To Fianna Fáil. And essentially It ended uh, Flynn's Political career He was obviously an MEP, And it essentially uh, I think, I don't know if he Did he resign But he certainly Wasn't re-elected Wow Jesus i
0: about yeah. shooting yourself In the foot so
1: Again you're just Seeing here Kieran, As we're getting Into the late 90s And, and people are starting To question stuff More of the church And the, the establishment And all those people That we saw Through the episodes Particularly in the 80s Who were clearly You know gaining while the country was suffering um you know these 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 questions are starting to be asked here and we're starting to see uh you know um people Mm. people getting ousted and and getting caught things catching up with people like people
0: exactly um and speaking of which this next part i know nothing about i'm hoping you can fill in the blanks there's more controversy as names of senior officials are linked in the Ank backer report you got anything
1: An- 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 Back- yeah Ansbacker, An- yeah okay. so um so yeah so uh what the, what what An- An- backer is right it there's a big long name um it's like hands An- bush or something like that it's a, right. it's a bank basically it's a bank basically but um it's a bank in the cayman islands and basically what what it was was that there was this financial system set up by a guy called des trainer who was a personal financial advisor to charlie haughey so you can imagine what Charlie High's personal mm-hmm. financial advisor is like oh, um, yeah. so Des Trainer in the early 70s set up this complex financial arrangement which would see prominent Irish people uh, who had just who had plenty of money and didn't want to be taxed on it uh, lodge their funds into these accounts which were held in the Cayman Islands and it, what it, essentially what it meant is they're treated as offshore funds which meant that uh, under the laws at the time, that they could keep their money offshore, pay either lower tax or no tax on it, and then trainer would get the money back for them when they needed it. So, they were essentially tax dodging. Um, okay. And once discovered through the the McCracken Tribunal, which I just mentioned, uh, the accounts yielded 113 million euro in back taxes and penalties up to 2014. So that article I read was in from 2014. So up till then, between 1999 or 2000, maybe and, and 2014. They, the revenue had reclaimed 113 million in back taxes and penalties on this money uh wow. so that's how big a discovery this is uh and yeah so it wasn't i don't think when it was set up it was illegal um so there was nobody convicted for anything or anything like that um but i think what it was was that it was essentially tax dodging and people were hiding funds and claiming to the revenue they had much less money than they did and you know uh the money was
2: yeah.
1: gained in Ireland, so therefore should have been taxed in Ireland. And it was 120 people named on this list who were uh, prominent: a lot of government people and politicians and high society folks.
0: Hmm. See, this is what I should have been learning in school Instead of trading profit and loss accounts <laughs> Yeah, much more useful And uh, Charlie McCreevy is in trouble As his budget pisses off a lot of people on lower income uh, Michael Noonan takes him to task And tells him he's changing Ireland for the worse Which he is uh, Charlie or uh, Charlie McGree Or as I used to call him, Charlie McCreepy. Um, just, ugh, He just always seemed like another fucking sleazy guy Who was always looking for more money too He was always like the face of uh, Anytime there was like bad money decisions to be made in Ireland, the 90s, two thousands. It's like I'll stick Charlie McCreevy on it. They won't uh, they they will not think less of us if we put Charlie McCreevy on it.
1: Yeah yeah, he was just he was just he was loose. He was loose with money and he uh like couldn't tax him. Uh I think he increased a lot of the social welfare. So I, I'm not sure I couldn't grasp from what I read what exactly Michael Noonan was so angry about, but I guess he he was making it easier to be uh, someone who was a high earner I guess, as well. So I think that's probably what Noonan was probably giving out about the time. But I guess, yeah, yeah. it was just um, they were fundamentally changing. He was right about they were fundamentally changing how Ireland operated. And I guess, giddy on the high of the boom. Um, yeah. You know, at this point, you're in the dot com boom and then. In, as we go over the next couple of years we'll get into the property boom and and we know what happened with that so um i don't think you always get the impression with McCreevy that he didn't understand why ireland was prosperous but he was just kind of happy to keep it going and, and happy to dole out you know cuts to tax and mm. you know rewards to people and and um and you know that there would never be any consequences and i think he was warned a couple of times by eu uh, financial officials mm. that what he was doing was not sustainable and eventually he was packed off to a cushy european job because oh, yeah. couldn't, couldn't hack him anymore and then uh, so he actually avoided the the crash really but uh, yeah he was definitely a, a a very liberal minister for finance
0: Absolutely, and we'll uh, we we will actually discuss uh, European ministers being shoved off elsewhere shortly. But East Timor is seeking independence from Indonesia. Kofi Annan addresses the UN as pro-Indonesian forces terrorize the country, leading to the UN backing out but coming back in force. Uh the Indonesian military eventually pulls out, and East Timor uh I haven't actually read up on the country, I'm guessing because the UN came along in big airplanes that they're all free now. Um, so good on you, East Timor. Yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. That's really all you need to know about East Timor. <laughs> um, and uh, in Littleton, Colorado, the most notorious school shooting of all time is carried out in Columbine High School. Two kids killed 12 students and a teacher uh, and wound dozens more. Uh, this incident led to debate on gun control and violence in the media, video games, and music. Uh, um, I've seen, I've read the, the, I think I've discussed on this show before that I'm kind of, I won't say fascinated because that makes me sound like a weirdo, but, uh, I I've read up on many of these school shootings and, and all these things. And, uh, you know, I've read the transcripts of like witness statements and that from, um, from the Columbine massacre and it's, some of the stuff is just awful, but I don't know if you've ever seen, you ever seen the film, uh, Bowling for Columbine?
1: Uh, I have actually, yeah, I saw it a long time ago. Yeah, it was one of those
0: films for me that uh, I didn't see when it first came out and people always talked about it and only a couple of years ago I kind of went, fuck it, I'll watch it and it's just fascinating, like even, you know, so uh, they've tried to, you know, say that these kids, uh, you know, they've uh, idolised Marilyn Manson and so they interviewed Marilyn Manson in Bowling for Columbine and... The Marilyn Manson was asked, like, what would you say to these kids, like, if they were alive now, and blah blah, and he said, "I I wouldn't say anything." He said, "I do what I do what um, what nobody else did. I would listen, uh, you know, um, and then you have like, you know, this one kid in uh, in a wheelchair as a result, uh, he has a bullet lodged mm-hmm. in his spine, and he they bring him into a Walmart and they ask Walmart, why the hell are you selling guns and bullets? And it's just the whole thing is just awful, and of course it spurned a lot of, uh, I guess." copycats uh if that's the right term of of kids who think that the the only solution is to go in and shoot up their school and kill innocent people which is just it's just shocking what it created really and you know the stories from some of the survivors as well it's just it's probably one of the most mass the worst mass killings in school shootings in you know that there ever was
1: yeah i think what's what's interesting about this one um obviously it was the first big one that we were certainly aware of in this part of the world um and it what was interesting reading about it last night i kind of went down a rabbit hole with it um which again i like remember we did jamie bulger i went down a rabbit hole of it and immediately just yeah. felt sick and i like it was the same kind of thing of like it's just sick what happened and like the fact that there was there's so many because there were so many survivors obviously because there's a lot of people in the school and they killed 13 so you know there, there were a lot of survivors as you said some yeah. very serious injuries but um th- there's a lot of testimony as to what they were saying, what the shooters were saying when they were walking between, because it was two people, so they were talking to each other during it, and how they randomly killed some, let others live. Um, they targeted a black kid and killed him. I think the, there's a girl yeah. actually makes that reference in the does, yeah. in the clips, um, you know. But the person, there was another two people, or maybe another person under the table with him. One they thought was dead, and he wasn't. He was playing dead, and then the other person they just left, you know, left alone, and like it was just random. And yeah, but it's it's interesting how these guys had appeared. A couple of years previously I think had picked up A couple of minor arrests Minor felonies I think they called them over there Uh, Misdemeanors Misdemeanors yeah Some of them Like Nothing that I guess you would look at And say they are going to Shoot up a school But they were clearly Disillusioned You know uh, And and clearly angry at the world And as Marilyn Manson says Maybe people should have listened And maybe people should have Actually sat down with these guys And they had They found diaries I think Definitely one of the One of the Two of them, I don't know if it was Harris or Cleveland, but one of the two of them had kept a diary. And like typically, for a lot of these people who end up doing these things, you know, there was a lot of stuff in there about killing and about, uh, you know, wanting to shoot up the school and what how they do it and planning it out and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. it was a well planned thing they did. And in the end, they, they I didn't realize until I read it last night that they had planted bombs all around the place that just didn't go off. Yeah. And had they gone off, you'd be talking about possibly hundreds killed. Um, yeah. So they wanted to uh, set the record for most. Atro- or most, uh, what's the word? Most, most people killed, I guess, in, a, in an atrocity in America. Yeah, that's uh,
0: that's uh, why they tried to blame it mostly on video games because these two guys were obsessed with, I want to say the video game Doom, um where they yeah. play online and you know uh, the doom doom was one of the apparently one of the greatest you know pc games of all time or whatever it's iconic but they tried to blame it on that and say that that warped their minds and you know i guess when these kind of things happen they always try and look for an easy answer
1: they do i mean in the 50s stuff was blamed. You know, rock and roll was blamed and, yeah. and you know the beatles were blamed in the 60s yeah. and whatever it was drugs or whatever it is at the end of the day yeah a lot of us do it society and you know some people can't exist in the society and there's obviously mental health issues and you know it yeah. can lead in extreme cases to this and then you put it you throw in as you've been saying in the, in the in that country in america the easy access to firearms these guys were able to go and get guns some legally some illegally but they were like 17 yeah um, you know and they were able to get assault weapons that could do this damage like that's that's shocking
0: to uh, me yeah no like the more you read about like you know these these school shootings the more you're the first thing that pops into your head is how is it so easy for people to get to get guns like famously now what's going on at the moment is there's a, a oh God names escape me, but there's a kid who went in and tried to school up, shoot up a school uh, or he did or something. But anyway, he ended up getting arrested and now the parents are getting arrested because they knew about it. They knew what he was doing. Uh, I think they bought him the gun or whatever and they went on the run and everything and it's led to a whole another conversation about about gun control and, and, and just the whole lot if you ever get a chance um to anyone listening I suppose if you ever get a chance if you go onto YouTube and just literally search the initials JCS there's a fantastic YouTube channel called JCS short for Jim Can't Swim but he is I think he's got something like a degree in criminal psychology, but he basically uh, plays interrogation footage of the moment that people are arrested and brought into an interview room, and basically breaks down their psycho their psych, psycho uh, psychological behaviour and he psychoanalyses them um, and talks about why they behave this way and what way they are and then one of the people that he brought in that he did a video on most recently in the last couple of months was Nicholas Cruz, a guy who also shot up a school and actually, I guess if you want to say beat the record of Columbine and killed more people than Columbine um, and basically discussed how, how, how he tried to use insanity as a defence um, and tried to pretend that he was insane and that he heard voices and you know, blah blah blah, and they basically just picked that apart. So it's fantastic. If you ever get a choice chance to to watch it, it's it's, it's each video is like an hour long, but it's Jesus, it's just it's absolutely brilliant. Um, And in Paddington station in London, 31 people die in a rail crash. Uh, Transport Secretary John Prescott says they will get to the bottom of this tragedy. Um, I didn't read up on a lot of it, but rail tragedies seem to be very common in the UK. Uh, Well, not not they don't happen every day, but when they do, you you know, they're mostly, uh, you know, sort of in in the UK and I guess in in Central Europe. But uh, John Prescott I haven't heard a lot of him in the last couple of years, but his name rings a bell to me for something. I want to say he did something stupid on Celebrity Big Brother for something. Uh,
1: no, I think you might be talking, thinking of uh, George Galloway, but John Prescott punched punched, punched uh, somebody on the campaign trail. That was
0: it. He did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. Was I think it. did
1: a guy throw a pie at him and he punched him or something like that, or <laughs> you know, people pie people on uh, on the campaign yeah. trail. Yeah. Uh, or we, we actually. Small spoiler in a couple episodes, time we're going to see that in an Irish election, which is just excellent. I won't say any more than that. Oh, uh, yes, yes, but uh, there, yeah, I think Prescott got um, Prescott got pied and responded by punching the guy in the face. <laughs> which, to be fair, I think it, it caused controversy, but like he should have been allowed to do that. Uh, oh, to me, yeah. um, uh, he was uh, oh, sorry, he was egged. I'm just reading it here, he was egged and retaliated by punching the protester, uh, which earned Prescott the nickname Two Jabs. Dude. <laughs> Brilliant um, pretty good it. look I like it you know that's fine I'm not I'm not a fan of fighting I don't think people need to resolve things by mm-hmm. violence but if somebody eggs you on the campaign trail and you want to throw a throw a left hand back go for
0: it you know yeah. why not? I mean how much better would it have been the news story if Leo Veraggger after he got coffee'd by who he thought was Avalarine if he just like nodded her you know. <laughs> And she went down like a sack of spuds. Well, like everything
1: time. on political, on, on Irish Twitter these days, half the people would be for it and half the people would be against there it, no matter what he did.
0: Exactly. Um, and it makes 27,000 nurses go on strike over better pay. Damn right. Absolutely. Damn right. It's still going to this day. Still,
1: um, that's what I wrote. Some things never change. Like pay things. the nurses. Did you see Miss Ireland? Um, yes. Brilliant. last week, brilliant, fair play absolutely brilliant, fair play to I think it's Catherine Walker is her name um, yes. I probably that wrong, but fair play to her, hero, dead right pay the nurses, the man in the viral video who was in the in the van that time saying, pay the nurses uh, do you remember that guy a couple of years ago? <laughs> yeah. they were asking him something for a Vox Pop and he was just like, just yeah. pay the nurses <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it uh, yeah, absolutely, I, Yeah, we endorse yeah. that message,
0: 100% and like look, my sister's a nurse and I work with, I work in a hospital, I work with a lot of nurses and I mean, it just amazes me, and I and I, we have this conversation every so often in work, and because like there's there's kind of a, short, a staff shortage, right? So to give a little bit of insight, I suppose when COVID hit, um, we I got an email. And the email basically said you were registered as an employee uh, in in medical administration, whatever. Uh, we would like to invite you to apply for um, a call for what was it a call for Ireland or something like that. Simon Harris put it out. We're basically, oh, I thought, yeah. yeah, we're basically anybody with any experience in any area of medical uh, in the medical field was asked to apply for a position uh, with the HSE and would basically submit their CV. They'd be interviewed and they'd be. This was the idea. They'd be interviewed. They'd be given jobs, and they would be. Uh, you know, given a position where they could help with the COVID crisis in any way they could, which was great. So we all signed up for it. Nobody heard a bloody peep. So come to find out a couple of months later that out of that call to Ireland, only four people were hired for anything. Like, I mean, whether it be nurses, four. whether it be, yeah, whether it be nurses, whether it be administration, whatever, only four people were hired. Um, and why would anybody in their right mind? Right. So let's let's look at it pers- from from this perspective. Let's let's take it from the secondary school perspective. Right. So you go to secondary school and you're like, OK, I want to be a nurse. Right. Why? Where's your motivation? Because not only do you have to go to college, obviously. Right. So you go to college, whatever. You have to then spend a bloody fortune on going to college. What's waiting for you at the end? You can either get a job in the HSC where you'll be overworked and underpaid or you'll be forced to go outside the country to seek employment just for a better life and better pay. Uh, Then if you ended up staying here, uh, you know, like a lot of nurses, uh, they don't. They get hired as nurses, but they don't end up doing nurse duties. They end up getting medial stuff. I know quite a lot of people who are, uh, let's just say, very extremely skilled uh, in their profession, whether they were radiographers, whether they were nurses, uh, some of them even RMOs, which is a, a step below a consultant who during the COVID pandemic, because of the little amount of people that they were admitting, you know, you go to any, you know, 2019 with a pain in your kidney, they're going to take you in and investigate your kidney stones. Whereas nowadays, because of the high numbers, they're going to take you in for five minutes and turn you around and say, take these tablets, you'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, so these people were being given just ridiculous shit to do, like uh, being put in kitchens and, uh, you know, somebody who had whose job it is to scan people was being told to wash patients. So why in your right mind, you know, whether it be 1999 or whether it be 2021, would you want to be a nurse in Ireland? Like, because you're still going to be on the picket line. You're still going to be striking. You're still going to be overworked and you're still going to be underpaid. You know, it just doesn't. It it just Of all of the things, especially after the last two years of everything that has come out of this pandemic, whoever is elected into government next, because we don't get political on the show, but whoever is elected into government next should have the bloody sense to say, look at all that they've done. You know what I mean? The nurses and the nurses in particular who have stood by and have held the hands of COVID patients and have, you know, done everything that the nurses should do above and beyond during the bloody pandemic. Yeah. Let's just pay them. You know what I mean? Let's let's pay them an actual livable wage.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Spot so let's yeah. let's hope 2022 would bring that. I won't hold my breath, but uh Yeah. Yeah,
0: because because it is it's a noble profession, uh to be fair. And it's um no, it's it's they are like they are heroes. It just it is obviously a meme these days where it's like, you know, I worked 56 hours this week as a nurse and i got a clap you know what i mean like yeah. that, that that whole clap for the heroes or whatever it's like i'd like money more you know um but uh you know, next in the european elections where we basically round up all the politicians we're sick of seeing uh the corrupt and annoying ones and send them off to brussels um so big hello to phil hogan you big pile of shite um <laughs> dana is among the winners see i told you we get rid of all the nuisances
1: yeah, local nutjob Dana somehow manages to be elected uh, and says it's wonderful for democracy. I'm like, well, it's wonderful for a country that you're not going to be in it for most of the year, but... Uh yeah good old dana
0: yeah it's um no it is it is kind of true like europe is almost like a meme for these politicians because i've um throughout doing gigs over the years you know i met uh quite a few people who'd be kind of i won't say affluent but would have had dealings with with sort of various politicians what have you um and one of the local pub owners who used to hire us to do gigs uh, told us before that he had a local politician in around the time that they were having uh, the European elections which which Phil Hogan was running for mm-hmm. um, and uh, they had the uh, local sort of southeast politicians meeting or whatever and this politician who was in this bar at the time and was talking to the guy who hired me said that At the time, Phil Hogan was kicking up such a fuss about how he wanted the the regional courthouse moved to Kilkenny that the leader of the meeting said, shut up, Phil, or we'll send you to Europe. And and that's where Phil ended up. So we're all happy because he wanted to take the courthouse out of Waterford and move the border from Kilkenny up a couple of feet so he may go fuck off. (laughs) <laughs> Fuck you, Phil, yeah i know right resident asshole <laughs> um,
1: your time will come on this show
0: <laughs> yeah you don't worry he'll get you um and uh, the clinton affair stuff finishes as clinton is quitted uh, acquitted of impeachment uh he says he is sorry and it won't happen again because you got caught basically it's yeah like, and you're
1: you, know, you have to leave next year anyway so <laughs> well,
0: that's that's true yeah it's, it's like you know i'm not sorry that you know i got that that you know that ye found out uh I'm sorry or, or and I'm not sorry that my boss has found out I'm sorry that ye found out uh you know so now 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 all eyes are on Bill but um you know so long may he live with a, a prosperous marriage and uh, never again shall a Clinton run for election. Yeah, well <laughs> who knows exactly uh okay so we said it last week uh we knew Bewitched had another song we just couldn't think of it and here it is with Jesse hold on I don't know about this one though
1: It's very Wild West Oh that's Uh, totally what it is Yeah and like I think Wild Wild West The movie might have come out this year So it might be piggybacking I don't think it was official Uh, Their official theme tune Obviously was Wild Wild West By Will Smith But this might (laughs) have just been Hanging on the popularity um, yeah, I mean, Be started so well, and they, like this. Is, look, don't get me wrong, Jesse Hold on is an insanely catchy, so, catchy song. I like the other song they had out, which was Blame It on the Weather Man, which I don't yeah. think is in really in the years but it's also is a more somber song, but uh, very relevant mm-hmm. to Ireland. But yeah, this is um, I just think they were just a couple of years too late. The whole girl band thing is dying out a little bit at this point for a couple of years, anyway, and uh. <laughs> Yeah. They're just. They were just. They just got. They 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 didn't catch the wave. Like Spice Girls caught the wave right at the start, you know, the pop wave. Um, mm. but uh, Bewitched came a little bit later.
0: Yeah, and um, no, you know what? It's um, it's gas because last week when we finished recording the episode, uh, the the song that I had played the outro was um, was uh, yeah, but the Bewitched. Uh, Say, La vie. Yeah. and uh, the next autoplay video was blaming on the weatherman, and I was like, Oh, yeah, this is actually some tune. And then Jesse Hold on, played, and I went, Ah, here, and uh, <laughs> that's a bit, uh, I don't know. So, um, I started looking up the girls on Bewitched on Twitter actually, and followed them. Um, and yeah, they're actually like, I, I for some reason, had in my head that these were going to be like, uh, like what was the name of that band that we, uh, that we, the, uh, the, the boy band about two years ago um ott ott yeah uh those guys i looked them up on twitter and it was like nobody was following them and i was like oh guys um but with bewitched jesus they are still massive um and you know they've all got the hashtag bewitched reunion going so fingers crossed we might see that yeah government. i guess
1: they're they're culturally relevant enough Especially with would say la vie which as i said to you still played well sorry up until the last time i was in coppers which was about three years ago uh it's still played it every night in, in covers yeah. that I'm aware of, and at, at many weddings and other things that, uh, and I would think the Irish abroad, you know, young emigrants abroad uh, probably have that on their playlist, you know, when they're trying to party or, or think of home, I would imagine Say, La Vie. it's a very Irish song, Yeah, uh, probably not Jesse Hold On.
0: No, um, and you know, it's man actually as well because talk about say la vie. Um, so again, to bring it back to wrestling as I always do, um, a random video popped up on my Facebook the other day and it was from a company in Scotland called ICW. Uh, I think I want to say either ICW or IWC, but basically, uh, it was like their 10 greatest entrances. So, like, you had this fat Scottish guy named Grado, I think, uh, and he came out to uh, like a prayer by Madonna, <laughs> um, however there was a a female wrestler called oh god is it kylie ray or kaylee ray or something but anyway um she comes out to say la vie um and like you would think that's like not because i mean you think of the greats you know the rock stone cold hulk Yeah. you know say la vie is not up there however Right. You think of the epitome of what a wrestling audience would be a bunch of 20 odd year olds, you know, 20 to 30s, like in their Stoke Steve Austin t-shirts, drinking beer, whatever. Yeah. As soon as the opening theme to say hits, the place goes mental. They all know the words. They all start singing. It, it is fantastic. It's <laughs> brilliant. I'm going to have to look this up. You're, oh, you're 100% sure. It, it is. Just, it's brilliant. Um And uh. Let's see, so what we have next then uh, So speaking of holding on I know there are no United fans Among us here, but this is perhaps One of the most iconic comebacks In European football European football history Man United versus Bayern Munich And Bayern go 1-0 up In the dying minutes when a goal from Teddy Sheringham brings the game to a draw Then a goal by Ole Gives the win and the treble That's the last good thing Ole ever did for that club By the way, Um, side note that Byron jersey Jersey is gorgeous I'm a big fan of those Like 90s jerseys and Yeah that the old Byron retro day, jerseys Are in yeah, now yeah. yeah
1: Look Kieran, You know my feelings On this particular team I yeah. am not going to dwell But I will tell you My memory of this uh, I've so actually they, also
0: got Memories of a yeah, one.
1: Yeah they had won The Premier League As it says here And the FA yeah. Cup So they were on for the treble They were losing I was very happy I enjoy <laughs> this team losing it's only one rung below Leeds winning for me and Leeds aren't doing a lot of that these days. So it's really up there, right. Uh, for, for me and my, and my family. Um, and I remember this day, it was a summer's evening. It was May. I remember it. Uh, and I used to spend my evenings when I was nine or 10 and actually most, most evenings until I was probably old enough to drink out in the back playing football. Like I was football obsessed, football mad. Um, at that point hadn't picked up a rugby ball, hadn't done any of that. It was just football all the way. And, um, I was so upset by these two goals that I left my garden and we have, we had a, a neighbor's garden, <laughs> our next door neighbor's garden obviously ran alongside ours. Right. Um, and they had kids at the same age. And we used to, uh, we used to, you know, the moms would take a turn to mind us during the week and stuff like that. Cause moms work part-time and stuff like that. So um, we were very friendly with these kids and uh, they had, uh, a, their dad had built a little tree house in, on a tree uh, up in their garden. So I actually okay. went into their garden cause they, his, their dad was kind of handy and he had Put a little gate in the in the in the fence between our two houses, so the okay. kids could just kind of run in and out and didn't have to go out in the road and stuff. Um, so I ran into their garden. They weren't they were obviously inside. They I don't know if they were watching the match or whatever, but uh, and went and hid in their tree house. Um, oh. I was so upset by these two goals going in. I'm oh, upset no. that uh, that Man United had uh, I said their name um, that they had uh, had done this uh, horrible thing. But I do I have one thing to say, right? Which I'm very angry. And if I ever meet John O'Regan. The guy who makes reading news, yes, years?
0: John O'Regan. Yeah, yeah. I
1: meet mean, John O'Regan. I'm going to ask him why. To this day, we have seen two Champions League finals, two of them, right? right. Okay. European Cup slash Champions League, 1968 and 1999. Now guess which team won both of those?
2: Mm-hmm. What yeah. we
1: never saw any of Liverpool's to no. this to-, to this point four wins. No, uh, Nottingham Forest had won it twice. They had Villa had won it? Like they there had. was a lot of teams that won it in between. Celtic won it in '67. No, never, never, never saw those. But these two, we see these two, really? <laughs> really, John? It's an outrage. It's an outrage. That's all I'll say about it. Sorry, Kieran, give us your memory of this day. I'm <laughs> going to calm down here.
0: You just don't go hiding the trios on me. Um, yeah, I thought it'd be a, it'd be a bit of a trek now, but I'm sure it's still there. <laughs> no, you know, I confession time, right? I used to be a United fan. Uh, basically, ah, yeah, no, 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 no. Made no, it right. thirty-seven episodes to tell me that. No, I know, right? So my my football fandom uh basically starts off as a young lad playing football for the local team, and you know, I was a bit, I was a Man United fan, and uh, everyone, my, everyone your age was, yeah. And my brother was a United fan, Uh so I was like, you know, yeah, cool, United, brilliant. And this was I was growing up during the time of Eric Cantona, so I mean, yeah, of course, on, of course, look, I understand. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, so as a United fan, uh, nineteen ninety nine, I vaguely remember sitting on my sofa and watching this and being so disappointed that Bayern Munich were going to win, and I hated absolutely couldn't I couldn't tell you how much I hated Oliver Kahn, and <laughs> I just don't know why it was just his face. He was the he was the typical like just no sense of humour German to me. Like, he really was. Himself and Boris Becker, they're just like a shit crack. But, um, so, yeah, I just, I really hated uh, Oliver Kahn. I thought Byron were the epitome. They were, the to, Bayern to me were the Swiss team in Cool Runnings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, just too good. And then when that goal by Teddy Sheringham went in, ah, oh, the elation. Absolute elation. And then, uh, when Oleg on a put poking in the back of the net, I mean, God Almighty, I was only eight, but I wanted to marry that man. Um, but uh, then I, I kind of, uh, as I got a little bit into my teenagers, I kind of fell out of love with football and I just wasn't paying attention. And then, uh, then the miracle in Turkey, two thousand five, happened, and uh, I became a Liverpool fan. Um, but. Uh, What I will say is, and actually, uh, look, it's Christmas. We all swap stories at Christmas. And I don't know if I've ever told you this. Have I ever told you the story of Mickey Ducks, the legend of Mickey Ducks in in terms of Leeds? No. No, I thought we would have discussed this, but I don't think I would have told you this. So basically, uh, so Mickey Ducks is a lovely man. He's a family friend of ours. He's a local legend. And uh, basically, he is a, a huge Leeds fan, like the biggest Leeds fan I've ever met, right? Um. So Le- Leeds is obviously Not a very popular team here Yeah. Like I mean I think you'll agree In Ireland in general Like I mean It wouldn't be the most Popular club to support Really
1: There know? are a Leeds fans In Ireland But they're all of
0: uh,
1: All of a certain age Yeah
0: You know what I mean But like as in You know Around the world You've got like Your Man United Your Liverpool's, Your Man City You know you- you know Leeds wouldn't be as uh, the numbers wouldn't be as strong as they would be with the rest. You, you know, you might agree with that. Um, but especially in Waterford, right? Uh, so Mickey Ducks uh went into a pub, uh, which is actually coincidentally the pub myself, and my father, and i still go to on Christmas Eve. Um, and he went in to watch a Leeds game, and this is back in the 80s. And Obviously, as you have your bar and you've got the stools up at the bar and you've got your, your chairs out or whatever. Now, Mickey is the most... Uh, that He wouldn't be one to resort to violence or what have you. But Leeds had lost a match that day. I don't even know who it was against. And uh, Mickey went into... He was watching the match in the local and a couple of guys were there and they knew Mickey was a, was a Leeds fan and they said something to him about the Leeds game. And he got mad and he picked up a stool from the bar. Now... He didn't mean to, but he, you know, ge- gestured as if he was going to throw the stool, uh, but didn't, had no intention of throwing the stool. So the stool leaves his hand and rolls along the bar and clears off about 60 points <laughs> uh, and and breaks like all just like ridiculous amount of glass. Oh, so bad. So Mickey, more embarrassed than anything, leaves. And when he comes back the next day, there are no chairs in the bar. All of the chairs and all of the stools were taken away. No <laughs> yeah. Over a Leeds game. Uh, so there you have it. There's On your uh, Yeah, there you go.
1: We don't like Leeds honour or uh, quality being called into question at any point. No. No matter. And that is one thing I will say to you, Kieran, right? Even if there there are quite a few Leeds fans in Ireland, although most of them have stayed hidden for a long time, understandably. Um, but uh, uh, you will not you will have a lot of casual Man United fans and Liverpool fans and whatever, yeah. Celtic fans, fans, whatever it is. You will not find any casual Leeds fans. No. Because you can't be. You just wouldn't. Like, if you were casual fans, if you were like you with Man United in the 90s when you were a kid, you just, you just, you know, where you obviously didn't care enough because you fell out of love with them and then you, you know, you support yeah. Liverpool. You won't find anyone like that with Leeds because it's just not possible. Like, you, it's torture most of the time. I've just watched them lose 4-1 tonight Yeah With a bunch of kids Because they've 10 injuries But they played the game anyway Because none of them are COVID cases Uh, You know They lost 7-0 on Tuesday for the same reason, yeah. uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a nice, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an easy ride. Put it that way. Mm. Uh, so you won't find any casual Leeds fans. So my heart goes out to Mickey Ducks, and he obviously they those men obviously questioned the <laughs> quality of 1980s Leeds United, which I can tell you uh, isn't, was not good. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> he obviously took exception to it. In fair play.
0: Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's quite our, our local legend because we've actually got it's it's almost like. Um it's almost they're almost as bad as motorcycle clubs around here because they've got like random teams, right? And random groups of old men who support them and call that pub like the supporters of that club's pub. So like we used to have the showboat pub in town until it burned down, and that was the Chelsea supporters club. But like long before Chelsea had money and long before Chelsea were any good, uh you know, the 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 what you call it, the boat club in town is like the Southampton fans. Like it's just <laughs> it's it's so weird, they just pop up everywhere. Um, and then of course the 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 mansion would be the Liverpool's uh, supporters, but, you know, the less said about that place, the better. But anywho, um, so uh, up next, Chris Patton's report on policing Northern Ireland is met with criticism. However, he strikes back at his opposition by pounding the table and and says, ask them, what is their alternative? So he seems quite uh, emotive towards his policies being questioned. Oh. Yeah, he
1: reminds me. It must be like like he ducks in that pub in the eighties. He's not They're taking not, any there shit. You man, yeah,
0: there you go. He's not taking any shit. I was waiting for a bar stool to go flying.
1: Yeah, he. I, yeah, I don't know why, but he was really, like, really like asked them, asked them what they think they should do. I was like, okay, this man is stressed. I mean, I guess he's written a commission for policing in Northern Ireland. That's a stressful thing. But like, you know, yeah, uh, and you're never going to please everyone. But like, jeez
0: that man needed a holiday. Yeah, there you go. Um, and a car bomb killed solicitor Rosemary Nelson. The RUC are cl- accused of collusion with loyalists. Uh, we weren't. We're not too far removed from the RUC, of course, being disbanded. But um, certainly still. You know, given everything that happened in OMA, given the fact we're signing treaties left and right, we're still seeing casualties of this war.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing. And I guess it's, like OMA, it's unsanctioned stuff now. So, like, officially, yeah. the political wings of, of these movements have moved on. But there were obviously people who didn't agree mm. with that and wanted to continue the fight, as they saw it. Yeah. If you can call car people a fight, uh you yeah. know, a, a, a solicitor going to work. But, look, that's that's the way it goes and rosemary nelson had represented high ranking and high publicity republicans and that they obviously decided that she needed to be uh yeah needed to be removed from uh from the world which uh, you know i'll never understand that but yeah look they, they didn't the, the claims of or collusion obviously don't help uh no. matters but i mean it looked uh from what i read it looked pretty obvious you know mm. that, that was the case but i guess it was the case in a lot of things back then
0: that's very true. Um. Now, and uh, the next thing is our uh, our one of our favorite characters, I suppose, in the last couple of years, the Russian bear, uh, the dancing bear, Boris Yeltsin resigns as a Russian president. Um, which was supposed to bring me to today's pop quiz, but obviously we don't have a third with us, so I'm just going to go ahead and ask you the question. You can give oh go, yeah. join So, joyous. which brings me to today's pop quiz. So, how many days as of today is Boris Yeltsin dead? dead yeah he's dead yeah he's dead
1: okay well, i didn't know he was dead so that's, that's not good i mean <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah. sense i mean he was obviously like you know this is 20 years ago and he's relatively old but uh, yeah. i did not i did not <laughs> any days I, mean, I don't even know like i can't do that kind of maths um he's uh okay so uh did he maybe i feel like maybe you're asking that question because he died recently i mean is that, is that? yeah well that i mean
0: look be? recent in the relative speaking sense yeah oh, okay so
1: it wasn't like yesterday are okay. no. uh, all right all right okay hold on let's just say i mean okay i don't know what age he was but he was old so let's say he died i don't know 10 years ago maybe that's probably too far i can't believe i didn't hear that he died that means you think he died really shortly after this because i was a kid and i wouldn't like really heard or understood okay i'm just gonna say uh 3,650 days
0: Because that that's 10 years Give That's actually goes. quite Yeah well look To be honest That is quite a A good guess Um The correct answer Of course Now bear in mind That he actually died Wait for it In 2007
1: that's a seven 2007 So that's
0: 14 that. years ago Neither do I I remember when Yasser Arafat died uh, which is a weird thing to fucking remember But I remember when he died But um, no, I don't remember Boris Yeltsin dying at all And I was, how old was I? 2007? I was 15, so I probably didn't care yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, no, so he has been dead As of this day 5,353 days And counting So.
1: Alright, well look, I win the quiz by default, so that's
0: fine You do, the two sweetest words <laughs> in the English me. language default.
1: default We're giving Blaine a big fat zero on that guess And I'm taking yeah. to win
0: in absentia, you win, you win, you do. Uh, so look, I'm still going ahead. I'm still going ahead with this this week's segment. What did you find for me on this week's Twitterverse? Where did you? What yeah, did, what did you, do find? you know what?
1: It's really it's really sad because I picked one especially for Blaine, who was going to be our guest. Oh no! Yeah, but it's a good one anyway. So I will, okay. I, will I will share it. But uh, it. so the uh, let me just bring it up here. Actually, I should have had this ready on Twitter. Uh, so the. Um, the page is—you may have heard, you may have come across this already. Uh, some people will probably be familiar with it. It's a parody page called uh, Wexford Corporation.
0: Oh, I love Wexford Corporation
1: That's at Wexford Corpo. So obviously, because Blaine and I were uh, waxing lyrical about Wexford last week, I felt it would be a fitting uh, page to give. Although it's not the most obscure one, I, as I say, I, I know you've probably heard. I figured you'd have heard of it, Karen. I figured a lot of people have, but I'll just. Ricew Corporation, whose Twitter bio reads local government authority in the sheet, in the streets, fascist planning permission denier <laughs> in the sheets. Which <laughs> more difficult to say than I thought it would be after a couple of cans. But uh, it is. But uh the but I what Corporation have been around for a while and they just consistently are funny. Yeah. I don't know who runs it, I don't know who's behind it, but it's it's it just consistently gets me. I, and I know like you know, I, I didn't grow up I spent a lot of time in Wexford I kind of half grew up there like, like in the county But not in the town But like it's, uh, I'll read out one Which again would have been very relevant To our chat with Blaine last week About New Ross yeah. Which is uh, the home of JFK You might recall uh, New Ross now has the, This is from January 1st uh, Last year New Ross now has the highest Incident rate of COVID in the, in the entire country This doesn't surprise us As the barbarians that live there Like to cough in each other's faces <laughs> As a mating ritual And their local supermarket Hasn't sold a bottle of hand wash In seven years <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh I love it uh,
1: Here's one that's very topical at the minute uh, This is from Christmas Eve last year and It's, it's amazing that we're back at this But uh, you've heard of Elf on a Shelf But have you ever heard of Not being a stupid cunt Who spreads conspiracy theories on Facebook
0: Oh, I love Wexford Corporation They're so fucking good They're so good the, um, they're, they're, they're obviously not I'm looking at their Twitter page there now They're, they're not as up, up kept on their Twitter page no, As they, they are have... on their Facebook page they're constantly on Facebook posts and stuff. And like the they best, are, yeah. the best one was uh, last week with the storm Barra. And it was like, um, Oh God, it was, I, I should probably, actually, you know what? I'm going to look it up there now. Uh, feel free to call out any more Wexford Corpo tweets while I'm looking. this. I will up.
1: call one out from, you know, again, this we're going by Twitter. So as you said, they were much more prolific, uh, Last year But this one's from April 17, 2020 So right at the start of COVID Keeling's flying But people remember the reference Keeling's flying in people To pick strawberries During a pandemic What a disgrace They should do what we do In Wexford And use child labour instead (laughs) Um, A lot of their stuff is Is memes Uh, One of the best things About certainly their Facebook page Is the people replying (laughs) Thinking they're legitimately Wexford Corporation And uh, like, (laughs) Like How do you how do you think it'd be like? You know, they'll have they'll have something up on Facebook that'll be like, you know, uh, we've uh, we've moved to shut down the border with Kilkenny the because they're a bunch of cunts or something. You know, something. Yeah. It'll be more funny than that, but it'll be something like that. I just get people being like that's a disgraceful thing for a for a for a government organization to say or oh. a county authority saying or like, do you
0: actually think? Oh, that's if, brilliant.
1: Like Wexford corporate, which isn't even a thing. But like, do you actually think like the essentially the Wexford County Council said this like?
0: Do you know what? And this is the one that I'm looking at now, right? And I actually shared it myself about two weeks ago. So uh, Wexford Corporation on the 6th of December. A supposed storm is called Barra is coming tomorrow. No doubt all the sheep will believe this and be wearing coats tomorrow or staying indoors because Met Aaron said uh, the government told them two sheep emojis. Ask yourself this Who is Aaron and why is he giving red warnings? And when is the last time you died in a storm? All I know is I've never died in a storm before. Seriously, when are people going to wake up to this nonsense? We're holding a big protest against the storm outside a county council building tomorrow. No coats unless you're a little brainwashed sheep. Socks and jocks only.
1: (laughs) Brilliant. Like, again, I I don't know who's behind that out want to know but i would like to give them a shout out but i do oh, i do really enjoy it and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're still active on facebook and it's not a total like yeah. uh, activity because there's some really good sites like when i when i do research for this segment there's some really good sites that were great like three years ago they just stopped you know because obviously yeah. people do them as a bit of crack and you know it's very hard to keep it going for that long but uh we, we're, we're way past the the peak of parody accounts on twitter but uh because twitter is now a horrible cesspit uh yeah. and, you know people are Leaving it in their droves But um, But this one This one is more of a Facebook one But it's just such a gem And I thought with With Blaine having been on Last, last week And uh, our shared Wexford connection that, that I'd bring it up But it's still It's still well worth The uh, Still well
0: worth promoting It is And and look If you get a chance Follow them on Facebook as well They're absolutely hilarious my, Although my favourite Kind of uh, parody Of, a, of an organisation account Is the one that's like um, I think it's like Jervis Street Shopping Centre Done Stores Or something like that uh, I could have that Totally wrong There might not even be Done Stores in Jervis But um, it's it's something like that Anyway And it's like uh, They keep posting Random stuff Like uh, Oh Oh uh, to to the organizers of tonight's dogfight out in the delivery bay uh, it's being moved or whatever just just random <laughs> shit like this and I lo- again a lot of people like this is disgraceful. Um, so how people don't understand parody, I'll never know. Nope. Um, and uh, this year, a, a documentary released reveals the state's involvement in abuse in Irish industrial schools. Uh, a lady named Mary Phil Drennan says she is bitter that she lost a whole childhood. as She recounts many years of children screaming. So we're still uh, we're still to this day, even dealing with the uh, fallout of, um, you know, the state's hand in industrial schools in Ireland. So it's 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 gone back quite a bit so we were looking at twenty two years now and it's still ongoing
1: yeah this is it and, and and uh this was again we saw a couple of these kind of documentaries in the late nineties and uh it, it, again it was the mask slipping and the curtain peeled back on what was going on and yeah as you say it's still dragging out and we're still just making new discoveries horrific discoveries and there're still campaigns for you know different uh restitution to happen and, and the extion yeah. of the the, the child's bodies from tomb and all that kind of stuff like it's all horrible but this was the this was the one of the first major ones it was on rt i think previous documentaries had been uh on the bbc and itv and stuff they hadn't actually been on rt this is an rt documentary um and it was a four-parter i think which you can i think you can get on youtube uh certainly some if not all of this documentary and it's 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 obviously harrowing but it's yeah, i think it's worth a watch because i think everyone should know this history and um, everyone should know what was done in their name, as as you know, state-run facilities, um, mm. and and everyone should be, I think, as outraged as most people are, yeah. uh, about it, because uh, there was a whole section of society that was just locked away, whether they were orphans like this, or or um, or, or I suppose orphans is the wrong term, unwanted babies. Like a lot of these the the, the kids that yeah. were in this were uh, born outside wedlock. At times, we've gone through it during the years doing this yeah. episode, the episodes like at a time when it wasn't acceptable and you know um, the 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 solution was to lock them in these places where they were treated yeah. by and large appallingly and I'm sure there was nice people working on these places and I'm sure some kids probably maybe have good memories but the vast majority don't and that's no. uh, that's very sad
0: absolutely Um and up next Ronan Keating releases his first solo tune with a cover of When You Say Nothing At All Um I suppose Micro pop quiz: Do you know who did the original? When you say nothing, I had no all. idea this
1: is a cover. I thought it was a yeah.
0: Cover. No, this is a this is a cover version. Uh, the original was by Alison Krauss. You probably never heard of Alison. Oh, it. I've heard
1: of I've heard. I've heard of Alison Krauss. All yeah. right. Yeah, uh, she's
0: uh, she's done. She she wrote and sang. When you say nothing at all, does to be honest, I think does a much better version.
1: Most people do a better version yeah. of songs than Ronan Keating. I still have <laughs> not recovered from his uh, his version of Fairy Tale New York.
0: Oh, don't even but, remind me. Lulu, I want to say, yes, not good. Where where he replaces the infamous uh, the infamous line with uh, "You scumbag, you maggot, you're old and you're haggard," <laughs> which Jesus Christ, I mean, he, I, yeah, I get why you wanted to replace it, but oh, come on, no, no. no. He also did a version of. Um, the, you know the song Winter Song which was famously oh, yeah. on an ad for O2 back in the day and became I'd by de facto a Christmas song uh, yes. he did a version of that like the year it came out oh and you know what the, the most insulting part was right like Ronan Keaton is the kind of guy who he reminds me of Gary Barlow right as in he was in a boy band he made a name for himself he became very successful happy days nowadays what he should be doing is recording songs sticking them out there collecting the money off it and just grand right what he did for that cover version of winter song is like the whole video is a helicopter shot of him on like a skyscraper that's like hundreds of thousands of quid wasted on a shit that nobody's gonna watch yeah like i mean save the helicopter shots for like boy bands you know what i mean just or die hard you know but just not <laughs> Which coincidentally I actually watched last night and this morning because I fell asleep watching last night. Um, and uh, up next, we bid farewell to Gay as you two present him with a lovely motorcycle on his last Late Late Show. Thirty-seven years as the host, and it's one last hurrah. And this is kind of sad for us because I mean we've done this episode. We were now on thirty-two, I think, episodes. Uh, no, we're how many episodes? Oh, we're we thirty-seven. There? We're right there, we're with thirty-seven Gabe the whole way. Yeah, um, so Spotify wrapped got it wrong. They said 32 earlier. Anywho, um, yeah, 37, we're right there with Gay Boy. Started in 1962. We've been with them the whole time, you know, and now now we're saying goodbye. Um, and I thought this was like, when I saw this first years and years ago, I thought this was like a bit of a rib on him. Like, you know, here's a motorcycle for you, Gay. I in, like, how the fuck is this man going to ride a motorcycle? Apparently until he became so ill that he needed a wheelchair. He was riding motorcycles every day yeah yeah oh he was i
1: don't know up to this point had he been but he was certainly used this this bike and uh he later became president of the rsa the road safety authority he did uh, he was a that was part of the fact that he was out on his bikes the whole time And and yeah i I guess maybe maybe it was a passionate for him all along maybe that's why they got him a bike but um but yeah what a present and uh but yeah look well-deserved as you say we've been we've been with with them every step of the way now for the last 37 episodes and uh 37 years of helming the late late and we saw the we saw the i don't know did we actually get a clip of the first one i don't think but we got a clip in the no. 1962 episode and we had obviously i mean how many clips during the years of big things like we saw the P in one recent uh, this this episode but like big interviews you know and it was it was the it was the thing everyone watched, and it, you know, the late late was the the sounding board for the nation, and it dealt with a lot of topics. Uh, it's less so that now because obviously everyone has much more choice of what they want to watch, and also it's just less culturally relevant. But uh, when Gay was at the helm of it, it, really was so. I guess this was a massive end of the year, end of an era.
0: It is, and I mean, it's kind of a, to be honest, in my opinion, for somebody who's watched the late late show, you know, kind of, I suppose, growing up, it is, um, it is only downhill. It's only downhill from here. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, we got we get shafted with pack any after this, so it is pretty much all down here. For, but no, it's... it's um. I mean, look, it's nice to see at the end of it where he's celebrating with his family whatever, because, I mean, 37 years, that's... Like, it is the longest-running chat show in the history of the world, and he's obviously got to hold the record for the longest-running chat show host of all time. Oh, I, I think I mean, so, yeah. I can't think of anybody who'd be coming up on him. I mean, give it another 10 years, Conan O'Brien, my rival, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, but technically, I think, because... Did Conan move station? Oh so it's
0: technically yeah, technically not
1: the same show. Um, yeah, and there's a few of a bit of that over in America because obviously the big networks kind of they all poach each other and stuff. But yeah, mm. yeah, Gay, I know where to go in, in Ireland. <laughs> well, yeah, he wasn't, gay, going, yeah. wasn't going to work with your man. We can't remember the name of a TV3. Yeah,
0: fuck. i have tried to spend all week looking him up. I still can't remember his fucking name. I kind of don't want to know at this stage.
1: Yeah, no. Let's leave him as it is.
0: <laughs> Anonymous TV3. What bro. I'd like
1: to know is, was Charlie Roberts at this farewell?
0: God damn it! Him and his cardigan.
1: I really hope so. I really hope him and his cardigan
0: radish. That would be nice. That would actually be nice. It'd be full circle, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um. And up next in the hurling, Cork with the Liam McCarthy Cup. Would they win the Liam McCarthy Cup in a battle with Kilkenny? For years, it was really those two neck and neck. You know, it was like Cork had like twenty something. Kilkenny had like twenty something as well. It was really those two behemoths. And uh, Mark Landers grabs the mic as he says, "Liam McCarthy, we missed Joe." Yeah,
1: yeah. And this the was the Limerick uh,
0: accent, actually. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, he must be North Cork. I'd say he was kind of Limerick. Yeah. Um. He. Uh. This was the end of the the hurling revolution that we saw with uh, Clare and Wexford yeah. and Offaly winning the last five between them. Uh. This was the return, as you say, to the big, the big three, really, because Tip won a few as well. But like the next, uh, I think I'm right in saying that the next. 13 years Including 99 14 years Including 99 Were all won By Cork For Kenny or Tip Yeah uh, Who already Were the big three um, They were And uh, and yeah This is a return To that So the hurling revolution These The big three Had caught up With the new trends That it got Clare and Wexford and Offrey to the top and uh, and now uh, we're biting back so we're in mm. for a long domination mostly by Kilkenny but yeah, as you say Cork were our big rivals at this for the next six years or so uh, certainly and they won mm. a few as well so uh, yeah not a great game 13 points to 12 uh, yeah. in, in the rain uh, so not one for the purists but interesting actually notable I think for the fact that this is the first presentation we've probably seen being made on the pitch um, so they, they for both games the football as well they erected a platform in the middle of the pitch like they do in soccer. Yeah, that's I thought that was And they weird. celebrated there. That didn't last very long. I think it was because the Hogan Sam was being redeveloped at the time.
0: Oh, um
1: but it 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 briefly uh stopped the the classic GA pitch invasion uh, uh which uh which is still stopped to be fair they just they just now presented in the Hogan Sample, but, uh, with modern safety, health and safety are not yeah. to it anymore, But uh, but um yeah that was notable for that I think.
0: And uh, also in the football, mead footballers take home the Sam Maguire. Um, and then we close out the millennium with a shot of the solstice as a select few people get to witness the occasion. And candles are sent out to every home in Ireland. Do you remember these candles?
1: Yeah, I think I think my I, dad still I, has I, one. Yeah, I think we still have it uh, in a in a press. Um, mm-hmm in my mom's kitchen yeah it's definitely it's definitely i know the press it's where she keeps the medicine and it's definitely because <laughs> i've come across it many times it's like
0: paracetamol ibuprofen yeah do know, I, candle.
1: I, I we have one in our house now so i assume everyone has it it's just the box where all the medicine is you know all the little like yes. gone off paracetamol and whatever else you have in there like it's yeah. thrown in there and uh we had a box up with a press over our oven uh it's kind of uh uh other one's kind of not in the wall but like you know in a in a unit there's just one press on top of it and that's where that stuff was kept along with like random shit one of which being the millennium (laughs) candle which will be there until my parents move Uh, or we clear it out at some point
0: it'll be there until the next millennium like yeah yeah because i i I, I remember that millennium candle in our house i want to say it was kind of a shade of green as well uh in like the casing in it was green and uh because every time like every time you would look for something that you haven't seen in a long time in our house, you would look in that press and you would come across the fucking millennium candle. It's Like, why do we still have this bloody thing?
1: <laughs> so you'd probably like, I'd say everyone lit it that New Year's Eve. And then like, obviously you blew it out. And then just yeah. never again, never right. again. It just was like, it's too big and unwieldy <laughs> to just be a room candle, you know.
0: That's the, that's the candle your nanny lights when she's praying for an absolute miracle. Yeah. Like, that's the last resort <laughs> candle. Like if you pass your drive If you fail your drive It has 12 times You're going for the 13th That's the candle she lights That's the one um, And then we also see A new bridge Been put across the Liffey You you Dublin I don't So <laughs> what bridge is this?
1: It's the Millennium Bridge I think is what it's that called makes sense. That makes sense <laughs> I think yeah. that's what it's called uh, Still there Yeah I'm pretty sure I recognise it uh, And I really enjoyed the owl one Yeah uh... He's my favourite <laughs> Couldn't resist getting the dig in at the Brits. It's, it's better than the Dome. That's the Millennium know, right? Dome, in uh, it, which features in... Which bomb movie is it? Die Another Day? Uh, or World Is Not Enough? I can't remember. There's there's the next bomb movie that was released after this. Pierce Brosnan parachutes onto the Dome and like slides down it.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, the point is, this L1, absolute hero... Couldn't resist getting the dig in at the Brits, being like, Well, our bridge is better than your stupid dome. Which I think the dome was known at the time for being like this
0: waste of public oh, money. Oh, it's was like, wasn't it? Yeah. The only thing that it ever was of note of us for was being featured in the East opening theme. Yes. Yeah. That's it. But yeah, that- it
1: was uh it was uh obviously in this woman's mind.
0: Yeah, because I, I know that for a fact because when the the dome was built, uh, there was a huge uproar in the BBC, was it the BBC? Yeah, the BBC, because basically the intro that they'd used for EastEnders was pretty much the same intro. There was like very little editing had to be done on it. And there was something like the guy who made the intro owned the rights to the visual of the zooming out of the map and whatever he made. And when the dome was built, they wanted to include the dome in the footage, but he wouldn't hand over the rights for the footage to be for the footage to be altered. So for like for the first couple of episodes after the dome was built, there was no there was no dome. And um, so it was a whole fucking minor hoopla over nothing. So I guarantee a fair city definitely didn't have any images of the Millennium Bridge just to save the trouble. You know, you never know. That may be what happened. Harry, Harry could be like a Jimmy Hoffa, could be supporting the flyover, you know, could be supporting the, it could be a, a structure cemented into the, the Millennium Bridge. That's what happened poor Harry in Fair City. Oh, that's definitely it. That's definitely the, it. The, the rag autumn. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we close out then with a shot of the Millennium celebrations across the world as the Eiffel Tower fucking explodes. Uh, while in Dublin, we get pack any doling out kisses. <laughs> oh you <had> the face <laughs> Of Liz Bonnan
1: Oh what a dirtbag! And it was what a was, wide shot So I was like I, I wonder if you think You get away with it Yeah what was her name she, Liz, Liz Bonnan I think that's Liz, Liz Bonnan Is it um, Yeah isn't it And she she was like a, 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 a hot new TV presenter At the time And then she But she was real She presents a lot of Science shows I want to say
0: Yeah you're right that's And her I think name. possibly
1: Is presenting one Again now uh, Having disappeared for a while I don't know what she was doing But well, uh you're
0: right she's, she's actually French um, But uh, like She's kind of French-Irish But I for some reason Had it in my head That her name was Caroline Or Because we oh, We definitely had There was a, There was a Similar Yeah
1: um, A similar looking Irish presenter Called Caroline No I can't remember The second name But you're dead right Yeah there
0: was, definitely, was definitely A Caroline I think she
1: went to present Like a, a Caroline Moran. Is that it? Founder here Yes And she was a, a, a television A television host
0: Yes That's it I'm looking at says here, here. Now, yeah. An
1: actress Apparently was in Fair City As a, as oh. a young, young A young person Before she, Oh off the rails That's what that's she presented it. I was like Something Fashiony off the rails there you go yeah.
0: off the rails that's it that's it um and you know what that's going to do it then for for us for this year uh so that is the end of look i mean if we were to stick to just the original programming of reeling in the years then this would technically be it for us but because they did you know 2000s and the 2010s then we're here for another while. Um, but, you know, and usually this would be the point where we would go around the table and say, if we are to bring any three people from tonight's episode um, and, you know, bring them to a dinner party, who would they be? But given that this is technically the end of the original programming of Reeling in the Years, what I'd like to know is if you were to pick any three people for who we've seen throughout the last 37 episodes, who would they be and why? So if you could pick any know. three people at all, who would you bring?
1: Wow, okay I wasn't prepared br- for that No, you're
0: bringing Neither was I Until I came like up with it Half of the episode <laughs> Good idea Yeah, you're um, br- so you're bringing him To Christmas dinner
1: Only three And I'm bringing him To Christmas dinner Okay, yeah. alright So as soon as you Ask me that question The first name that's Coming to my head Is John Hume
0: I thought I was going to say um, Charlie Roberts But go on
1: <laughs> Well, Charlie's up there Right, but but John Hume uh, I'd yeah. say we've both Invited him to all dinners Where he's featured oh. In the in the, in the the episode, right um, We've spoken a lot about him There's no need to go Through it all again But no, like yeah. uh, Go. I think what's been really interesting about watching these chronologically each week um, and really looking at the episode and looking into what's happened, you get such a good understanding of who was who, what was what, how Ireland worked, how yeah. it changed um, and who were the the driving forces in the various times and John Hume just pops up from the 60s right through as yeah. just this this totemic figure, always striving for peace, always striving for the civil rights initially and you know that was always in his mind just like getting a fair society in Northern Ireland um doing it peacefully all that kind of stuff so John Hume like absolute hero he's he's 100% in there for me um so we'll, we'll we've got to bring John Hume I think mm, um agreed the 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 second person um there's so many politicians none of whom are very few of whom <laughs> are particularly endearing uh, obviously like the big characters in this year are this this whole podcast so far, uh, like obviously um, you know people like that who are Charlie Roberts definitely uh, up there. Um, but uh, I think if I was to encapsulate the politicians, if I just take politicians as a group, because I think you have to bring one because they've been such a big part of the of the whole the whole show so far. I'm going to bring Mary Robinson because mm. of what her election signified. Yeah. Um, the change, the first non-Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael president, first female, obviously, president. Um, she was a change. Her election was a was a shock to the system in, in Ireland um, and it signaled a new Ireland. And we saw, we've seen in the last nine episodes through the 90s, or uh, well, 10 episodes, I guess, um, the changes that happened in the country in those 10 years. And Mary Robinson isn't directly responsible for them, but she's definitely a symbol of yeah. that change. So I'm bringing Mary Robinson. Plus, I think she'd be an excellent dinner guest. Uh, hmm. Very polite, very nice woman by all accounts. Oh, um, would probably bring some nice wine. Let's get her in. Um, and then thirdly, I'm, I've got to, because it's me. I've got to bring someone from the sporting world, right? Um, you know, as well as I've been more of a finance guy on this show recently, but I'm kind of <laughs> a sports guy. So, uh, and it's a huge part of my life. So, I am going to bring uh Jack Charlton. Ah, brilliant. Um, again. Wax Lyrical about Jack Charlton Lowe's in the show. I'm not going to repeat myself for 10 minutes, but uh, again, the changes he made to Ireland in terms of the sport, in terms of how he viewed football and soccer, which was my first love, and um, the, the 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 way that, that football was soccer was viewed in Ireland prior to Jack Charlton and after he left, are miles mm-hmm. apart, worlds apart. Um, and he spent his whole career playing for Leeds. So there you go. That's uh, that's 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 good enough reason to get him to get him at, get him to the dinner table. So I will take uh, mid nineties or like mid his Ireland reign, Jack Charlton, uh, and we'll have some Guinness, and that will be
0: that will be great crack. That sounds like quite the dinner party, especially for Christmas. Um, my three would be uh, look. I'm going to have to go with Charlie Roberts, uh, just because on a personal note. I, When we started this podcast, I was totally unsure about how the hell this was going to work, how it was going to go. And then the first conversation we had was about Charlie Roberts. And just the flow of the conversation and everything put me at ease and realised that, yeah, this is actually going to work out. So Charlie Roberts, I think, is solely responsible for the success of this podcast. So yes. we'll, we'll give him credit. Uh, secondly, I'm going to say Christine Buckley, who we saw a couple of episodes ago, because it was her bravery that really brought to light um, everything that has happened with institutional abuse in Ireland. And just such, a, such an incredible woman. Um, and lastly, um, who I'm going to pick... I'm, it's it's a bit controversial, but um, if we were to have him in his, you know, uh, I suppose in his kind of heyday, maybe uh, I would I would invite Charlie High just because he's just, look, everything he's done. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot of it is bad. Very little of it is good. But I just think that he's such a polarizing figure. Uh, I mean, it was a toss up between him and Big Ian. And, I was going to say him yeah. and Big
1: Ian are the two mainstays of what we've just watched they're obviously yeah. like, oh, he's not in the rest of the series at all paisley is obviously a lot older but we get yeah. to the Housens, he is in it in the first decade but obviously they're both uh both dead now but yeah they are they're 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 the two recurring characters and recurring villains along with bishop casey uh, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who hasn't recurred for a while since no. annie murphy no uh, but um but yeah the uh the uh if we were having a, a villainous uh trio, you'd probably bring High Paisley and Bishop Peace.
0: A hundred percent. And but you know what, to cap it off, then I think we should have a guest of honor who we would be honoring, uh, and that would be Gayburn. Um, just because of his contributions over the last 37 episodes and in terms of retiring in '99 the last 37 years. So I mean, he's done his fair share and he's done us. You know, he's given us quite a lot of segments. So fair play, fair play to Gable. May he, may he rest in peace. Um, And that is going to do it from us, uh, you know look it's christmas it is coming up to the end of the year we'll be back of course uh in the next couple of weeks um we we've obviously got another uh, another guest coming on so just to give everybody listening a bit of an update uh well not so much an update but give us a kind of a give you kind of a look at what our schedule is like so uh we won't be back until the 7th of january um we have a guest coming on the 7th of january and we'll pick it up from there we're going to give ourselves a bit of a break. so look, obviously, it's so unfortunate Blaine couldn't join us tonight. However, thank you once again to Simon for joining me. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure over the last year because I mean it's coming up on a year pretty much.
2: Sure is, yeah, sure
0: uh, is. And it's been it's been quite the adventure. And look, we still have plenty more episodes to go. We've actually got another what was it another 20. twenty nineteen twenty. We've
1: got twenty episodes, yeah, to yeah. go. A new millennium, new millennium very different, yeah. really. Yeah. year's style uh, coming. Um, which we'll delve into uh, during the during the, the the relevant episodes. But yeah, here look, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to spend my Fridays in 2021 or uh, some other days also uh, yeah. chatting away, chatting shy about real in the ears with you.
0: It's there been you
1: uh, it's been brilliant, and I wish you and yours and all the listeners a very happy Christmas.
0: Absolutely, uh, a very... peaceful
1: and prosperous, and most importantly, healthy and safe uh, yes. new year. And hopefully Uh, everyone is 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 doing okay with all the shit that's going on.
0: Absolutely, and we sincerely hope that uh, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, whatever country, uh, it's unfortunate the situation that we're all in at the moment. However, uh, do try your best to have a very happy Christmas. Um, So, thank you once again, Simon, and thank you once again to all of you who are listening and have brought us to this milestone of of 1,400 listens. May long may it continue, uh, and let's all have a very prosperous new year. And of course, as always, keep on reading.